Those other podcasts sound like carbon copies of each other. We are all cloned from the same system. Our podcasts are unique and different in every way. Like a sexy ass unicorn, yeah! TMA Studios. It's what you want. I'm Rob Kiljoy. I'm Lance Lude. And I'm Coach Mikey. And we are the Ugly Ducklings. Quack. And you're listening to the Snowball Wrestling Network. Quack, 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 quack. Okay, let's do this What's going on, everyone? It's me, Caleb Snowball, here with another edition of the Snowball Wrestling Network podcast right here on TMB Studios. And remember, you can get us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Google Play Radio, iTunes, or Spotify, my personal favorite. Um, But thank you so much for joining me here on the Snowball Wrestling Network. I hope you're all doing very, very well right now. You know, still a lot of craziness going on in the world, but hopefully, hopefully you got your stimulus check and everything, so... That'll make things a little bit better for you and uh, and stuff like that. Hopefully you've uh, you know you, you're still watching pro wrestling out there and stuff like that to keep your mind busy uh, and everything. Just a lot of uncertainty still going on in the world, but hey, you know I'm here to provide a little bit of entertainment for you. Uh, hopefully talking about you know pro wrestling. Uh, and everything like that. So hope everyone's doing well out there. And remember, we're all going to get through this. This new shall pass. Uh, but today on the Stoball Wrestling Network, I have two. That's right. Count them two very special guests uh, joining me uh, this evening here on the Stoball Wrestling Network. First, I'm going to welcome in uh, a guy I've known for a long time. He is... Mr. Jay Garganis, or you might know him as Christian Fury. Jay, how's it going, man? Oh, man, happy to be here. We just got through doing a kick-ass show for a new show right here on TMB Studios called WLW We Love Wrestling with my co-host, Survivor Payne Bill Blanchard. And I have to say, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm glad to be on the Snowball Wrestling Network today. Well, that's awesome, man. Appreciate you being here. And speaking of the survivor of pain, Mr. Bill Blanchard, he is as well back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Bill, welcome back, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me back on your show. It's a truly honor and a privilege and a thrill. And with that being said, man, let's get it! I'm fired up, man. Let's, let's kick it. <laughs> yes. Yes, I love it. Uh, yeah, Bill's fired up. I'm fired up. I hope you're fired up uh, at home uh, and everything like that. And before we continue, if the audio sounds, you know, weird to you guys, well, you know, we're still all quarantining. So, you know, we're not here in the same room. We're at, you know, I know we're, we're at different houses and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so the audio might sound weird, but hey, we're making the best of it. Uh, but gentlemen, yeah, like I said, it's great to hear from you both. And uh, you know what? Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about our favorite thing in the world, pro friggin'. That's right. Pro wrestling. And uh, a lot is still going on. It's so funny, uh, gentlemen. I, I, I said this 
last week on the podcast, I said, you know, for, you know, nothing happening in wrestling technically right now, you know, there's still a lot happening uh, in wrestling, Um, you know, specifically with uh, the WWE who decided to have a spring cleaning of sorts uh, today, but not just a spring cleaning. I mean, they literally wiped out apparently half of their employees and, and staff uh, wrestlers and, uh, and, and among other things uh, right now. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation as to why there's been all of this. And, gentlemen, you know, r- right off the bat, I just want to get your guys' perspective. Uh, you know, Jay, I'll start with you. What is your perspective on, on, on all of these firings and, and stuff like that? Well, I mean, personally, I know usually every year around WrestleMania, shortly thereafter, there, there's cuts going on because contracts ended or they're not really doing anything with them. But this one kind of feels like it's out of more necessity than anything else with the current situation. And they've cut guys that I felt like they didn't need to cut, you know, that they really could have did something with, but I guess chose not to at the end of the day. There's a lot of shockers involved in that one. You know, like Carl Anderson and uh, Luke Gallows, they split, split up the OC and, and Rusev. I mean, Grant Rusev wasn't too big of a surprise. They wasn't really doing much with him, but he had potential. Yeah, he just kept getting put in those stupid, ridiculous storylines that he was being put in. Um, just yeah, that the, and and I've I've said that on the podcast here before. But Bill, you know, uh, I'm I'm sure you've also kept uh, uh, close with this story. Uh, wh- what do you think? Well, if I can comment, if I could, you, you talk about Rusev. You guys talk about these stupid, ridiculous storyline angles. I, I mean. If you want to touch your career with Vince McMahon's hand to think he's gonna you know, do something with you, I mean, that's just, again a perfect example. What are you willing to do is gonna get over, you know? When they take a guy like you know, why is that a big shocker? Look what he did to DDP, you know. Let's make him a stalker and stalk Undertaker's wife, Terry Taylor, <laughs> Red Freaking Rooster, and you know, like Bruce Pritchard says, "Well, shit." Mr. Perfect would have got it over. Well, I guess Perfect should have drew it red wrist trying to box of gimmicks then, you know? But, you know, <laughs> the, whole, uh, the, the whole cutting thing, I mean, almost every year at WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, you know, granted, there's no offseason pro wrestling wrestling, but it's, it's a common fact. No, after WrestleMania, yeah, there's some guys are not going to make the cut going into the, basically when the next season starts the day after WrestleMania. You know, it's, right. I wasn't really all that surprised. Vincent Mann just basically filed bankruptcy on the uh, on the XFL. He lost mm-hmm. a ton of money. So now his wrestling product is, is going to be hurting. So he's going to make all the necessary cuts, you know. And then I saw, you know, Kurt Angle, you know, he, he didn't make the cut, unfortunately. But, you know, Kurt, in my opinion, was probably being a really good backstage guy, helping out the talent. But if you cut half your talent, you might as well go ahead and cut half the agents. You know, it's it, 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 it's a tough business decision. I don't think it was done personal, you know, great, you know, rumored into window. I was listening to Jim Cornette experience. Jim Cornette explains that, you know, the McMahon family had 500 million in reserves in case this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You know, they ain't going to lose their money in this situation. So they're going to cut costs in the way that they can, you know, it's no different than what happened in 95 after the steroid scandal trial, you know, the, the business was not doing well. This cut half his staff then, you know, so it's just, I'm just not that surprised that it happened. You know, it sucks that it did happen, 
But honestly, during the situation right now, if, if if you're not drawing houses, you can't draw houses. I mean, he made he went to the negative balance at WrestleMania for God's sakes. It was a stupid business decision, in my opinion. You know, so I, I wasn't really that surprised a month after Mania. Yeah, he's going to cut fifty percent of his workforce. I wasn't surprised at all. It, it, well, you know, it, to your point, he cut a lot of people that that were very unexpected. Um, you know, not not just you know the the wrestlers and, and stuff like that, but but agents and producers and um, uh, 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 people that worked at the performance center, like coaches, like Serena Deeb. Uh, yeah, man. I, I want. Let, let, me, let me let me tell you this real quick. Another thing I just found out today too, which which uh, I don't think I don't think Javi knows this, and this kind of pissed me off. It, it kind of hurt me too. You know, some of the guys I felt bad for, but one guy in particular I really felt bad for was James. Uh, uh, James Storm, you know, if I can be serious for a moment, he shut down his wrestling school because Vince Man promised him a job and a good career. Oh, you mean Lance Storm? Yeah, I'm sorry, Lance Storm. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm still seven effects of that chair shot. Lance Storm, yes, yeah, Lance Storm school. He shut his school down in Canada. They come down to work for the WWE at the Performance Center and help those guys out. He got let go. I know they're trying to say it's furlough. Look, furlough fired. The thing is, you're not making money. And, and, and you lost your chances to make money, which you've done before, because you put your hands, in, you put your career in Vince Man's hands, man. It's it, it sucks, man. Well, and, and you know, it, here's the thing, you know, I knew WrestleMania was not going to make any money because, I mean, you can't right now. There's nobody buying tickets. There's there's you know nothing going on, and not because we don't want to, but because we we can't, you know. Um, and and I knew. WrestleMania, you know, even though it was still very entertaining and, and, and I was glad that it happened, I still, you know, questioned it from a business point of view because they also wanted to charge, you know, just for watching it on the Fox app. Like, you had to pay <laughs> 60 bucks both nights. Yeah, for fight both nights. Oh, you just spent nine 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 on the WWE app. That was, that's stupid, man. Yeah, I know. It, it was just, it was weird. And, uh, um, thinking would have done that. <laughs> and, um, and, and so, yeah, so all that happened. But I really think one of the things, though, and I think we don't really know how much the WWE actually put it to the XFL. Uh, because you mentioned it, Bill, you know, yeah. the XFL closed its doors. Uh, for the second time, uh, which was really uh, a shame, I thought, because I actually enjoyed it this time around. I thought I thought it was um, actually really good um, and had a lot of potential. But, uh, you know, with all of this coronavirus stuff going around, the COVID-19 scare, um, you know, it's just it's a very uncertain times and no one saw any of this coming, you know, so. Oh, no, uh, there's no way no one could have seen this. You know, something like this coming, and then I, I actually enjoyed XFL both times around. It just, it just sucks because you yeah. know everyone talking trash about it. Look, it gave a program for other people who still want to play pro football, but maybe couldn't make it to the NFL. But give them a second chance, to even improve their skills to maybe get the NFL. Who knows? And time could have shown XFL could have surpassed the NFL. Highly unlikely, but hey, as Hey, no one ever thought that WWF would surpass the NWA, but hey, it did eventually happen. You know, I mean, it could have, but it's just a shame that this happened 
You know, all this man was trying to do was create some kind of entertaining platform to keep football going. Well, let's face it. People love NFL. People love football. You go to a high school football game. A lot of places sold out. College football, boom, sold out. People get into this sport. So it was a good sport to invest in and try to make it happen. But like I said, man, this this COVID-19, you know, it's it sucks, man. I just I, – that part right there, I kind of feel bad for Vince. I think Vince was really trying to right one of his wrongs that happened 20 years ago. And unfortunately, just it just – God had other plans is all I got to say. Yeah, uh, it just just the momentum of the XFL got halted, and um, yeah, it just it, it is what it is, pretty much at this point. And and you know, I talked about WrestleMania in uh, in very full length on uh, last week's episode. You can check that out here on Spotify and other places. Um, but I want to get your uh, guys' thoughts on WrestleMania. Uh, Jay, I want to get your thoughts on WrestleMania. I mean, I know that. Uh, and I'm not necessarily asking uh, if whether or not it was a good idea or not, but just the show in general, you know, like, like, like what, what'd you think of it? Well, I can tell you this, the first opening match, I mean, no disrespect to the females tag team division that they got going on, but it was hard to really get into it because what, what helps make mania for me is a live crowd because you always get a hot crowd, people from all over the world, they're really getting into it. And same thing with the night after WrestleMania. You know, they're there to watch Monday Night Raw live because that's when the start of the technically the new season for WWE. New people come in or people return, you know. Uh, but all in all, some of the matches they did very well, in my opinion, as far as in ring work would work with what they had. But that first match, you can tell they're like fish out of water. They're still trying. It's like one of the AWF events that we had back in the day. You know, we're out in the woods trying to get the crowd to go, and there's no crowd to really go. You know, they're still doing the same mannerisms they would normally do in front of a live audience. It just looked awkward. You know, like they they were trying to pull, you know, trying to do what they normally do, and it just felt awkward. It was really hard to really follow. You know, some of the matches I enjoyed watching, I was on the edge of my seat for seeing them beat the shit out of each other as far as the uh, <laughs> Edge and Orton. But uh, I don't know. Oh, I loved Edge and Orton. You, you, the the WWF universe or WWE, excuse me, WWE Universal Championship. <laughs> wow, I'm going old school, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> WWE Universal Championship between Goldberg and Braun Strowman. I mean. You get what you pay for for Goldberg, but the match lasted a few moments. And then you turn around and basically damn near had the exact same match with Brock Lesnar and uh, Drew McIntyre. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The next night for the WWE Championship, you know, but, you know, these guys don't get paid by the hour, especially people like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. So they are attractions. You expect them to see them hit F5s and suplex cities or spears and jackhammers whatever the purpose may be. So, I mean, it is what it was. But all in all, I think this WrestleMania would have been 10 times, if not 20 times or 30 times better if we had a live crowd. Oh, that yeah, that that's an obvious given. But, I mean, given the circumstances, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm still glad that, you know, we had it and, and it provided that escape for that weekend uh, and stuff like that. Uh, 
Survivor of Pain. What 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 was your uh, take on WrestleMania as a show? Well, you know, first off, I had to double check my um, make sure I was in the right channel. At first, I thought I was watching Def Lar Productions UCW show. I didn't see nobody in the arena. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on here. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is WWE. You know, and honestly, my wife was in the other room, and when she came in there and during the opening match, she's like, "Are you watching porn?" No, honey, this is the women wrestling thing. Because all you hear was, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, I'm, you know, what's the point are you walking? You know, and I was just kind of like laughing a little bit. So I'm just kind of like, and I'm texting Jay at the same time that's going on, you know, and and I think he told me to say he had similar experience with his wife, you know, but I. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, man. <laughs> the first <laughs> in, the, in the beginning, in the beginning, like business wise, you know, I was I was definitely against it, you know. And I know about all the backstage stuff that you know Brock Lesnar actually, you know, chewed out Vince McMahon for making this thing happen, you know. And 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 I think Roman Reigns took a lot of guts. He says, you know what, my health is a little bit more important than entertaining, and I respect Roman Reigns for being a man to you know do what he had to do. Um, but um. Oh, well, damn know, it, man. He's also got... a former cancer survivor. Yeah, he's a former cancer survivor, too. So, I mean, like I said, man, I, I, I'm i proud of Roman Reigns for taking the stand. But that being said, I will appreciate what Stephanie McMahon said in the opening before the whole thing started, you know. And then I did appreciate how they did America the Beautiful, you know, the variation of all the WrestleManias combined, you know, of every wonderful celebrity from Willie Nelson to Wade Charles. You know, to Mr. Risa Franklin and the Gladys Knight. I mean, I, yeah, it brought like a lot really of childhood cool. for me. So that, that part was really cool. But back when you guys were saying about, you know, Goldberg and, and, and Strowman and, and, and Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar, I mean, let, 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 let's set the record straight here. For one, Goldberg and Brock doesn't get paid by the hour. Secondly, Goldberg and Brock could not go an hour. I mean, you're not going to see a flared stable match with those guys. I mean, dude. The only thing that kind of pisses me off is, okay, guys, you do know a few more moves, okay? Why are you just doing spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, Goldberg, come on, man. I, I, I've seen you do other moves before. You could have done a little bit of extra in there. I mean, I just, okay, I get it. It, it worked one time with Brock. might have worked twice a little bit, okay? When you're doing the same thing like you did with Kevin Owens and, and then the whole thing that happened with, with, with Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, if you would, and then the same thing with Braun Strowman. I mean, come on, dude. You know more moves than a spear and a jackhammer. I mean, come on. Let's don't 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 insult us here. You can't pay all this money to do two moves. I mean, seriously, who who is the agent of that matches? I want to know because you got you got to blame the agents of this thing too, who helped set these matches up. And Braun Strowman, power slam, power slam, power slam. Hell, the first couple ones don't work. We power driving a guy a little bit. Hey, let's try to headlock a little bit. Hey, we put him overhead. Let's just throw his ass out of the ring. Boom, bust that. They get back in the power slam on one, two, three. Boom. Now, now we got a show. You know, I mean, Brock Lesnar and, and Drew McIntyre. Well, that was a little bit different. Drew McIntyre. You know, hey. You know, he showed some heart in that fight, took Brock Lesnar's best shots, you know. But, I mean, okay, I get it. Brock Lesnar, Suplex City, you know. But why not do a little more than just a German Suplex, you know. Add a little more fire to it. Do, do something extra with it, you know. I mean, damn, man. What's wrong with Power Slam City? What's wrong with Power Driver City, you know. Hey, I want to see Brock Lesnar do running Power Bonds five times in a row. Then German Suplex 18 times in a row. Well, five minutes is up. Let's take it home. We went one, two, three, you know. I don't know. But you know what? I will give credit where credit's due. That Boneyard match was ingenious. To me, that's what saved the show. 
to me, that's what stayed the show. Because I'm still like, you got to be kidding. I mean, I was getting kind of bored and just getting kind of aggravated. I mean, obviously, the guys are trying. But like Jay said, man, they were completely out of their element. But the Boneyard match, in my opinion, is what saved the show. God bless AJ Undertaker. They made one hell of a fight. And as far as that Funhouse match, to me, what you know was the wrestling. That was all entertainment. And I got to agree with the big man puppet. That's some good shit right there, you know. <laughs> I love the stuff like Spanish Man and seen as the NWO, man. That, that was entertaining, dude. I, that part, okay, that was, that was funny to me. But the rest yeah. of it, yeah. It reminds yeah me of you I, I was going to ask uh, both of you, and, and Bill, you just gave us uh, your take on it. But, uh, Jay, what? What did you think of uh, the the two cinematic matches, the Boneyard match and uh, the uh, Firefly Funhouse? Oh, man, the freaking Boneyard match was out of this world. If this was in a movie, it was a perfect fight scene. People in Hollywood need to take notice of this. That was what you expect out of The Undertaker in an AJ Styles match if it was in a movie setting. Because you expect The Undertaker to use that element of the dark powers and stuff to just appear out of nowhere. You know, where the last time you saw him was in the grave, AJ goes to get up on the bulldozer. The next thing you know, Undertaker's behind him. You expect to see stuff like that. Undertaker is a supernatural type of person. You know, that made perfect sense. Same thing when you go to the Firefly Funhouse. It was just that. It was a funhouse. You got to see some of the great stuff, you know, go down memory lane, if you will, ruthless aggression, and then turn around and you go to Saturday night's main event, brother, and then turn around and you go to the NWO. I mean, it is what it was. I was highly entertained out of the Firefly Funhouse. Highly entertained. That was probably the funniest thing I've seen at WrestleMania this year. And between those two matches is what really stick out. I mean, you can't really call them matches. But those are the two things that stick out this past year's WrestleMania as the two things that happened that made sense out of all this WrestleMania. Two nights, they were saved by uh, two things that didn't happen in the ring. Yeah, I, I, I loved uh, I loved both of them, uh, and, and I praised them. Um, I, I praised them um, last week on the show uh, for it because I, I enjoyed them uh, very much uh, and everything like that. But, you know, um, like we said, you know, I think because that they did all of this and, you know, they're not really getting paid back anything or anything like that. Uh, you know, they've, they've had to make a lot of uh, cuts this week and uh, you know, AJ Styles uh, seemed like he was very pissed when he found out that, uh, you know, his buddies, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, um, were let go. So, you know, that might be something to watch out on. You know, I've been I've been making the point of this on on the podcast here recently. But to me and I want to get both of uh, you guys thoughts on this, like. To me, WWE seems to be shooting themselves in the foot more and more every single day. You know, starting with the Saudi thing, starting with, uh, you know, the, the decisions, the, the look that, that, that's being thrust upon them and, and everything like that. Just, you know, they don't seem to be helping their cases. Does it, does it seem like that? Uh, the whole Saudi Arabia thing, you know. 
oh, it was a great concept. You know, yeah, let's force the women on them, even though they don't want them. Yeah, because, you know, they need to change. You know, that plus two, that one, that one of the last few times they went over there, I think when Bray Wyatt won the uh, Universal Championship, the Fiend, uh, over there, they were held up for another week in Saudi Arabia. They they had to bring guys from NXT and, and Raw to be able to do SmackDown. You yeah, know, it turned uh, out to be one of the best SmackDown in years. Yeah, it turned out to actually be pretty good, but the writing on the wall kind of sucked. You yeah, know, you don't know what's happening. And then you turn around and you're getting, you're getting this stuff. You know, I mean, with storyline arcs, you know, you had something viable in the OC. You had something viable. You had AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. These three guys have been all over the world tearing it up. Japan, the United States, you know, all over. Just all over in general. And the, with the OC coming in with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, it was like, yeah, they came in hot. They won the Raw Tag Team Championships. They dropped the Tag Team Championships and became jobbers. They paired them up with Finn Balor to do, you know, to do that for a little bit. Then jobbed them back out again. Hooked them up with AJ Styles. They start doing good. Win the greatest tag team in the World Cup at Saudi Arabia. And then right back down to the bottom of the barrel again. You know, these guys, could you could have wrapped a company around. You could have really wrapped a, at least a, a, a show, whether it be Raw or SmackDown. Around those three guys, yeah, but, your gotta, but dude, 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 you gotta understand something here. You know, many great tag teams have come to the WWE, and Vince McMahon shit on them. If he didn't create it, in his mind, it never got over. In his mind, it didn't draw a fucking dime. In his mind, oh, y'all ain't shit without me. You know, and so McMahon's gonna try to water it down and prove you ain't shit. Then, if he likes you enough. He's going to repackage you and then try to build you up. He's done that time and time again. If he didn't create it, that means he can't own it. He can't trademark it. He can't make money off of it after you've done the departure. You know, that, that, that's a proven fact with Vincent, man. I mean, okay, you mentioned those guys all over the world are dominant. I could name one tag team right now that was extremely dominant, dominated over the entire world to get to the WWF and job out to the Quebecers. I'm talking about Rick and Scott and the Steiner brothers. You know, they only did one year in the WWE, and it took them one year. Like, okay, Vince is trying to shit on us. Screw this. We're, we're out. I mean, seriously. Look, we did the Steiner Brothers, man. I mean, come on. You know, one of the best damn tag teams of all time in that era. Same thing you're seeing all over again. It's a, it's a proven fact, you know. But back to the Saudi Arabia thing, if I could comment on this, if I could, the old school fan of me returned for that, that one event they had in October, that debuted on Halloween. Yeah, the, the old school fan of me. I really got something out of it. I mean, call me crazy. I'm a big UFC fan. Granted, Winko see the rematch in the UFC, but I was kind of curious to see what the Debbie was going to do with Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez. I thought that was awesome. At the same time, bringing in the literal heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, one-on-one with Braun Strowman. Man, that was awesome. I was really you know, hyping up and really enjoy what, what, what we're going to possibly see because, you know, I, I thrive on stuff like that, you know. You go back to Ali and Gorilla Monsoon, man. That shit was awesome. And years later, you see something similar. Let's not forget what Mike Tyson did to, to Steve Austin. You know, now we're actually going to see it. Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman in a one-on-one big hyped-up fight. And then, come on, man. Who really didn't appreciate Team Hogan versus Team Flair? Woo! That was, that was having fun. And the Fiend itself, Rollins, I was pulling for the Fiend. Fiend got his just due that night. You know, I, I mean, damn. 
to me, it was a good pay-per-view. Just unfortunately, you know, some bullshit happened behind the scenes, man. I mean, and yeah, but I, I can I do see what you're saying, man, as far as, you know, just the way W keeps shooting himself in the foot. And I go back to a shoot interview I heard years ago from uh, Hulk Hogan when he was talking about WCW. He says, hey, guys, you're starting to make some big mistakes here. I mean, in a wrestling business, you can make some mistakes as long as you don't make too many big ones. And you kind of start to see that WWE is starting to make some big mistakes here. But at the same time, I don't got Vince's account book. I don't know what's going on with his bank account. I mean, he's got to be looking at something here. Well, and, and, and you know, he, he could very well be, um, you know, we don't know the full story and no one's going to know the full story. The only one that knows that is are the people in WWE currently and, and, and the people right, right. handling the financial situations uh, and everything like that. I, you know, I, it, there was a video that I just watched recently um, from What Culture Pro Wrestling um, and I always take their videos and, 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 and their, you know, stuff with a grain of salt. Cause a lot of the times I think they speak completely out of their ass a lot of the times. And, um, I definitely don't like that, but they, they were doing this thing of like, they had this, um, 10 facts that the WWE network could be a big error or something like that. And one of the things I've said, and I want to get y'all's opinion on this, right? Um, I've always said this about the WWE Network. I'm like, I think it's a great idea. The problem is, is that they don't run it like a channel. They don't run it like a network. They run it like an app or something like that. And they don't really know even how to do that. And I want to get y'all's opinion on it. Do, do y'all think uh, that there's some stuff going on with the WWE Network that's causing a lot of this? Well, I mean, if I can, if I can answer this, you know, when you first click on the network, you'll see what's trending now. So if you click on that, you basically you're going to see it with, you know, one show after one show. One show, that's what's trending. That's how they're doing it. You know, you're not seeing the interrupted news report, you know, or, or anything like that. But I guess it's kind of hard for me to criticize the network because I'm an old school fan. I probably watch more old school matches, you know, than anything current. I don't watch much current Raw SmackDown like I once did. But I'm like, yeah, you, you can catch me watching Saturday Night NWA from 1985. I'm gonna watch Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I'm gonna watch an AWA. I'm gonna watch WCW pay per views and 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 the Attitude Era of uh, even the Golden Era of the WWF. I watch a ton of old school man, so it's. Right. To me, that's why I like that's that's why I like the network. I've got to access the biggest wrestling library and keep this in mind, kill. I've got a really big giant wrestling library myself. The only thing is I don't gotta go through my DVDs era VHS tapes to ask. Let's see, what am I gonna watch today? I got all to my WB network app. So to me, that's oh, why yeah. I pay nine 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 a month for. <laughs> well, but you know, ahead, and, and before uh Jay answers that, uh, you know, to, to your point. Uh, you know, I, I go and watch. I, I'm on the WWE Network right now as we record this. You know, <laughs> like I, I watch it constantly. I'm watching, you know, WCW, ECW, um, you know, Attitude Era, even you know before that, uh, WWE and stuff like that. So you know, I'm watching all of that stuff, but I'm more like, you know. I, it, it, when I think of, you know, running it like a channel and stuff like that, like, I don't understand why they cancel 
excuse me, I don't understand why they cancel a lot of the shows that they had on there. Like, like they had Unfiltered, oh, Talking Smack, uh, Legends House, you know, Camp I WWE. I don't, I, I don't understand that either. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a good, good question. I might interject here. You know, um, I agree. You know, to me, with it being such a network and such streaming, if they've got time and ability to be able to record and put content up, it shouldn't shouldn't be canceled. This is not like it's on the USA Network where, okay, this show's just not really getting ratings like Saxon. This is your network. This is your streaming show. You got rid of Legends, Legends Table with JBL, I thought was highly entertaining. I love the stuff he did with that Bischoff thing in the NWO and and stuff. I enjoyed it. But after so long, we canceled it. And that was one of the shows on the network. Well, they even canceled the Steve Austin podcast. If The first one he did, he, he got canceled. Um, a, a couple of reasons why. Something happened that wasn't supposed to happen. I think both Steve and Paul Heyman got in trouble for it. If you remember how the possibility of a WrestleMania where uh, it could have been Steve Austin and Brock Lesnar in a Texas death match. Airline, no! Why are you talking about something like that? I heard both of them kind of got in trouble by that one, and Steve had a few shows more after that one. And you know, I'm sure Austin was so scared of getting in trouble for anything because he's just like, really? Well, you remember how he opened up, hey man, if I'm knocking out of the house, I could be having a job. He says it in a jokingly fashion. First time I heard that was a joke, but you notice a couple podcasts after, he's still saying the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean. Uh, yeah, he's like, "Come on, kid, give me something." Dean Ambrose, that's that one. I, I hated that episode. That's probably the worst one he ever did, personally. Um, but hey, smoking ghost sessions, first class show, man. I I've been watching every episode. I I get I, I, I I'll beat the shit out both of you. I'm not telling you I haven't seen one yet. Undertaker, hands down, was awesome. Goldberg, Brett, the woman, yes. wow. And yeah. damn, yeah, wow. I, I've 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 been enjoying the the smoking skull sessions, but like even why did they cancel some of the like WWE countdown? I actually enjoyed that um, WWE or uh, WrestleMania rewind or WWE rivalries well, or well, um, you know rivalries, holy holy rivalries, rivalries they should do more. You know the uh, the rewind they did do some more episodes WrestleMania rewind. I saw that. You know, they did do some more episodes for a while. It wasn't that many episodes. And then I saw where they actually did do Cena and Shawn Michaels and then, you know, Austin and then Austin. Yeah, Austin and The Rock and a few others. You know, even Brett no one even got a good one. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the producers behind the show. It ain't, been, it ain't been able to produce enough contact. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it could be a number of reasons why, you know. You know. Yeah, Holy Foley was kind of interesting, funny show, you know. I just like, like, yeah, and, and, you know, your job is basically now as establishing yourself as your own channel is to, is to constantly produce content. And, and, and that's, and, and the thing is, I've always said this about WWE, you know, um, is yes, they have wrestling on, on there as well, but they can also do these other things that revolve around you know wrestling and, and wwe and present them 
uh, as different content and, and stuff like that. And I've always said that that like that's why I thought the WWE Network was a genius idea at first. But I don't right, think right. anybody gets that there at WWE. Like it's like like and and here's the thing. To me, it's like they can't really say that, oh, we don't have the capabilities of that right now. I'm like, bullshit. You have a you have literally a WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut, and then you have a whole performance center down there in uh in, in Orlando. So you've got two places to film all this shit. You know, like and it, it just it's stuff like that where it's like why don't they do that kind of stuff for the network still, you know? Like, it just seems like it would be logic. Well, I tell you what, if the WWE watches the AWF channel, which I know they do, I see some of storylines copy this, and I'm pretty sure after listening to this podcast, Kill, they will probably take your advice, man. I'm just being real. Kill, hold your fire! Y'all go find me, Kill, if they do if they do I, I, i'm gonna be like well you know what since i since i you know came up with it just then hire me damn it just <laughs> give me a job <laughs> there you go <laughs> let me let me make that kind of money <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I, I just think that McMahon worries too much about what's going on on each show that it's like, dude, you worry too much. Like, you should just be focused right now on running what you've always technically wanted to run, which is your own channel. So run it. Run it like a channel. Um I, I don't know if Vince is worried as much. It's just he has a lot of people in his ear that's worried and filling Vince's head with worries. I, I've heard that rumor too. You know, you know, Vince has got a lot of people, you know, oh, you should be doing that, you should be doing that, yada, 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 you know. I, I must be old days or Vince only had one or two people he would talk to about. Now he has a whole staff room of people, you know. And yeah. You know. Yeah. I, 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 I Kind of like Montgomery Burns and his little staff he had. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 anyway, I, I, can you ever picture Vince McMahon as Money Burns? You know, and he's just like, Bruce, who is that man? Oh, uh, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Vince Austin, huh? Hmm, bring him up here. Let's see what we can do with him. You know? That <laughs> <laughs> just cost Stone Cold Homer Simpson. Oh, damn. Oh, shit. I should have said that. Oh! Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. Well, Jay, what are your thoughts on the network currently? You know, like like what what all we just said. Well, honestly, it's like network. Yeah, it can be. Or and Jay subscribed to the network. I, I don't think Jay has the WWE network. He hasn't subscribed it yet for nine 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 a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, only nine 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 a month. Look at bucks a month. We fight. All jokes aside. I was one of the first subscribers. I I ordered it like a couple of weeks when they first started doing pre-orders to get the network. Right. So I was one of the first few people in line, so to speak, if if there is a, such a line going over streaming network to be <laughs> to be in. But hey, I was in line. Um, and I heard I heard the rumor was Jay, you had to get Chris Dickens to help you set it up because you didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> sure. 
That might have been Bill Blanchard, I think. Yeah. Hey, Chris, <laughs> how do you know this damn thing? <laughs> what, about Bill? what is this? Oh, uh, Bill, that's a TV. <laughs> Wait a minute. What you you can really do it with your PlayStation? Yeah. I can really play my PlayStation? <laughs> I'm going to play my PlayStation for now, Bill. Screw the damn game. <laughs> The next time I have Chris on the show, he's just going to shit all over every single one of you on this show. You know he will. <laughs> he does it every single week on the Stuff on Wrestling Network. This <laughs> 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 is Bill's ass on the WOW Network. Yeah. Uh, like, hold on. Hold on. Wait. Hold on, Bill. Wait a minute. It, it's incoming. Just wait. Hold on. Here it comes. <laughs> 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 you can Let's put it that way. But anyway, um, now the network. Uh, honestly, if I was Vent, the first thing I would have been doing was trying to get to where, hey, I had complete control over my two flagship shows. Because you already had that with NXT on the network. I would have gotten Raw and SmackDown on back full fledged on the network to where, hey, you want to be able to watch Raw on SmackDown? You got to pay t- uh, $9.99 a month. Everything's on here. We're streaming. We got our own content. That way, if he wanted to go back to something like, say, the Attitude Era, which I know probably will never come back because of the B-Star and whatever else stuff, but let's just say possibility would be there because he wouldn't have people like the USA Network or the Fox Network or whatever network he happens to be on dictating – no, Vince, you can't you can't put that in your show. You know, that's too much. The 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 higher ups won't like that. He would be a little bit more unbridled and he'll be able to do more. He won't have them in his ear. They'll be trying everything in their power to get him to come back to network television because it does draw money for advertisers and sponsors. I think that's probably the only reason why Raw and SmackDown hasn't made it to the network full fledged. But if I was going to have a network, I'd make sure all my programs was on it. Yeah, but uh, he, he does, guy. He does eventually put the Raw and SmackDown episodes on there. Maybe it might be a few weeks behind. But how much money is Vince Man making from Fox in USA right now? They're paying him money on the network. And then, like Vince is coming out of pocket to pay them. Fox came to Vince. I feel like what hundred million something dollars. You know, right. What, what, was the what was it? The Spike Network dropped ECW to pick up WWE one time for a hundred something million. It was, <laughs> TNN. TNN. I mean, it was TNN at the time. TNN. Yeah, yeah, TNN. TNN. I'm just saying though. I mean, it's a business decision. That's why. I mean, I mean, and you're you right. Know, right. Nine, nine, nine a month. And hey, you gotta remember when the network first came out, they didn't kill it like they thought they were going to. They only made fifty thousand bucks the first time, and so we get the we had the Bella Twins are trying to break it. I love I love this commercials back there, by the way. The Bella Twins trying to break it down on how to use the network on PS4 on your Roku on your computer because guys like me are computer uh, illiterates and couldn't figure it out. You know, I rewind it three <laughs> times. I call Chris. Hey, how does this work again? You know, I mean, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> and then if you didn't understand Chris's way of thinking or how he was producing it, you'd call me. <laughs> and when I got more confused by you, I call Alan and Luke. And after I really got confused, I put all three on the freaking phone. The script, I'm calling Kill Stoval. He helped me out. Jeez. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, I just, 
you know, I go back to, I just really think that, you know, right now they need to look at the WWE Network as a channel. And not necessarily that they need Raw or SmackDown, in my opinion, on it right then and there. It would be great if they could get that, like, at least at midnight after it premieres, you know? Uh, that that would be good. But, um, you know, I just think that they need to work on getting more shows on there that people want to go and tune in and get it for. Not just, you know, these random, you know, one-night-only pay-per-views or sometimes like that, or, you know, the, the pay-per-views themselves, but also, you know, the shows that they had, like Legends House, Holy Foley, Camp WWE, even, you know, the Slam City uh, and stuff like that. Just... A lot of stuff where I just felt like they, they, they missed an opportunity to expand on what they can be. Because, you know, the network could help them be this unstoppable superpower, you know, network, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and it would be great. And I also feel like they're missing opportunities with the women. Like, I feel like they should give the women their own show, like their own wrestling show, not the Total Divas thing, which even that's not a bad idea, in my opinion, just because I know people that there are that watch those types of shows. Uh, my mother being one of them. I, I know that for a fact. So, um, you know, it, 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 those kind of stuff, that, that's good. Uh, what, what was that? I think Jay watches them too with Chris. That's the little date night together. They watch Total Divas and, you know, compare it. <laughs> okay. Well, we won't you know she's not denying it, right? <laughs> well, we won't get into uh, all of that. But, uh, anyways, um, yeah. But I just, I, you know, I, th th that's the thing that I think about when I think are the problems with the network and everything. And, and, and we could go uh, over that. Um, all day long, but th there's other stuff going on outside of uh, WWE, uh, or in uh, I should say outside of wrestling, other than WWE. Um, there's also, uh, you know, AEW is still uh, going strong right now. They are, you know, building towards double or nothing, which probably is not going to be at the MGM Grand Arena. It's probably going to be in an undisclosed location like uh, they have. They've been doing the empty arena shows uh, as well, uh, gentlemen. Um, I, I don't know if, you, if you've been able to keep up with uh, AEW much, but uh, if you have uh, and you've seen their empty arena shows, what, what have you thought of them so far? Uh, well, mm. you know, it's, it's tough because... As a wrestling fan, you kind of pull for something different than what the WWE was doing at the time, and you, and you finally get your wish with AEW. And, then, and if you're a big Jim Cornette supporter, he trashes AEW, and he feels like they're a bunch of false advertising dicks. <laughs> yes, that's what he said. You know, because he says AEW is trying to be like what Mid-South and trying to present sports, and he all said it's BS. All AEW is is watch is 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 a uh, the WCW of the year 2000, you know, and of course Eric Bischoff is accusing Tony Khan of stealing every idea he had with WCW, and I guess people tend to forget Bischoff stole every idea. Bullshit. You know, that, and and that, so, that, it, real quick, if I could, 
Bill, sure. I, I was going to say something about that. I'm glad you brought that up because I heard Bischoff say that on his podcast and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to be like, dude, all right. So the people that asked you that, they took what Tony Khan said way out of context, way out of context, because what he specifically said in his comments were he, he said he said WCW was ran uh, great business or, or, you know, not necessarily business wise or, or, or something like that, but it was great. He said up until the late 90s and, and he specifically said 99 and 2000 and stuff like that. And he yeah. would say, you know, where they had great nitros, they had great this, but then, you know, they, they didn't have the best, you know, main events or, or stuff like that. And then, you know, the unraveling. And this is n- this is not up for debate. That's actually no. true because the end result is WCW went out of business. That's why when Bischoff gets so hot, I'm just like, dude, you like you literally lived it. Like like it literally went downhill <laughs> from there. Like and so and and and, and, and the people just- that he was on with. Yeah, that yeah. Like, like the people when they asked him his opinion on that, he he took it. They took it way out of context. And even like Conrad Thompson was trying to be like, "Hey, I don't think that's what Tony Khan meant." And I'm like, "I know what he meant." You know, like he was giving right. Bischoff credit. He he thinks Bischoff was a genius, and Bischoff uh, can be praised in a lot of ways for WCW because here's the thing. You know, it it saw its biggest financial growth in history of the company while he was, you know, running it, so to speak. I mean, yeah. technically, you know, he never really ran it. Uh, Turner did, but you know, uh, all that's but all that stuff happened and everything like that. And Tony Khan was giving him credit. He was just saying what everyone knew. He and it, dude. The 2000 and or even the 1999s and the 2000 WCW, it's unwatchable half the time. Like, it's just awful, you know? Especially especially that year in 2000 where you would see David Arquette and Vince Russo with that world belt. I mean, I heard Vince Russo on an interview, and, and I, know, I know we're trying to talk about AEW here, and, and God, I hope we could do a WCW meltdown show one day at the much of a crossover for good, but damn it, man! I heard Vince Russo had an interview with Mike today, you know, the professor Mike today, and he was giving Vince Russo a chance to explain himself when he said the reason why he put David Arquette, you know, on there. And he said, "God damn, today, screw you, bro, screw you. Do you think if we put the belt on Page, because when Arquette won that belt, we made USA today? Do you think that would happen to Page?" And what it, I'm like, I want to slap this Russo in the face where I heard him say that. Listen here, you Italian dumb fuck. If, for God's sake, are the USA Today buying your tickets? And are USA Today tuning in on Nitro? Is the USA Today get the damn shit about World Championship Wrestling and the NWA and what it stands for? You insulted every single guy who ever won that belt and every single guy who freaking died paralyzed trying to get an opportunity to win that belt. Here, let's just give it on an actor. Granted, David Arquette took the money he won and, and gave it to charity, but he even says, why am I agreeing to doing that? But, hey, he ran with it. But at the same time, what the hell, man? Well, what the hell? A lot yeah, of men I- stopped in this business. And, and that, that was his response. So 
we got we got we're the front cover of USA Today, and we get some credibility. You know, uh, let's see. Uh, nine months later, Basic Man now owns WCW. You freaking stupid guy! I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, back to your question about AEW. I think the answer is it's not. Your AEW is guys. Yo. Oh, I love it. Oh, that was tremendous. Really <laughs> That was the greatest segue in history. I thought I had it last week when I did the Goldberg thing, but that just topped everything that we've ever done on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bill, for that. But go ahead, yeah. man. <laughs> but AEW, you know what I mean? These guys are trying to try to entertain the fans, you know what I mean? Cody Rhodes, God bless him, man, Cody Rhodes, you know. Screw that. Get the bash to the beach. Bring that howling havoc. Get his starcade again. But, you know, Cody Rhodes trying, you know, he's going to get this big billionaire Vince McMahon. I don't really know if he can do it or not, but damn it, man. AEW's good shit, you know. Seriously, you know. Well, here's my oh, question, well. you know, because you bring up Starcade and, you know, uh, Cody definitely, I'm sure, pissed uh, WWE off with the whole bash at the beach concept that they had this year. Um, oh, yeah. Here's, here's the thing, right? Why do they care? It's not like, I mean, okay, they used Star Cave for a little one-night-only thing on, on the network, and it doesn't right. really even do anything. Why the fuck do they care? Like, like, why, why does it matter if someone else has it? Okay, so you own it. Fine. Whatever. Like, who cares? I, I guess they all put it. This is like, why would Ric Flair care if Becky Lynch is calling herself the man? And Flair says, oh, y'all should be paying me money. I got the first catchphrase, the man. I mean, you want to like, oh, come on, Rick. Man, dude, I know you're paying three alimonies and you can't pay your beer tabs no more. But damn, dude, really? Three? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't her head. I love Nick's boy, Ray Flair. But even I, even I cringe when I heard that. You know, like, like you said, Kill, you know, why, why, why care? You know, I guess because, hey, no one's not going to make money off my damn property. I'll sue him. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, I remember back in the early 90s, when, especially when Nitro first got started, I mean, WWE and WCW are suing each other left and right for copyright infringements or this and this and that. It's only when they had their lawyers on speed dial. As soon as they saw Bishop doing something, oh, call the lawyers. You know, Bishop doing the same thing, turning right to sue them too, all the little billionaire Ted skits. I mean, it's no damn difference between now. You know, and McMahon knows Tony Khan's got money. So he's not going to be intimidated no more. Was he intimidated with Ted Turner? And you Tony Khan's so, actually yeah. got more money than Vince. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You know, and I know some people are, are talking about that. August said, hey, Ted Turner had more money than Vince at one time. You know, that didn't stop Vince McMahon. No, I, I'm going to say this right now. I'm actually pulling for AEW. I'm pulling for Cody Rhodes. I, I, I'm glad he's trying to, you know, I think I bet his father's extremely proud of him right now. But he's trying to do something similar to what his father tried to do years ago with wrestling. You know, and, and he's trying to get the fans. Y'all screamed it ever since WWE died. Y'all screamed y'all wanted something different. Okay? You didn't like what you saw with TNA. They tried to give you something different. You know, and they, they, they didn't quite work out right there. And then uh, you know, here's, he, here's the thing. I, I don't think it's it's not necessarily that, that they, well, we didn't like what TNA became. Like, like, we saw it as, okay, well, this isn't different. You know, they started out different, and people were starting to catch on to them. But, right. 
you know, that they made the same mistakes that WCW did, basically. They just made them on a so much smaller level. I feel like when I saw the writing on the wall, okay, because even I think in 2006 is when I really started to become a a diehard TNA fan, because when WCW ended, you know, a part of me died too. And when I saw Sting and TNA, and when I saw them came back, and then I saw what they were doing, it reminded me of that, you know, old school NWA, if you would. A little bit TNA. It was almost like what Dose was trying to do, but so I was really starting to become a big fan of it. I think it was 2010, Jay. Wasn't it 2010? Yeah, 2010 when they brought Hogan in. First, yeah, I was, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I was semi excited until I saw the first pay per view they did and like they took away the six sided ring. That's what made it badass, in my opinion. They brought back the four sided ring and then Hulk Hogan bringing us all into Raj and doing all the, well, work for me, brother. You know, and it's just, uh, it, it just died out quickly. You know, I'm not even going to blame Bischoff in that one. I mean, I mean, Dick, my opinion, blame Dixie Carter. It's just like this, guys. It's how the HIV virus works. You let, you let the HIV in, your immune system doesn't recognize it, you let it in, and then it breaks you off on the inside. And that's what happened when you let Hulk Hogan, you know, and you know, hell, even, might, might as well go ahead and say Bischoff. Cause Bischoff had an influence on it, too. You know, and all those guys inside Dixie Carter, TNA, and then you saw it slowly but surely be destroyed. And then what happened three years later? Hogan leaves, Bischoff leaves, and, you know, TNA is pretty much becoming no more. Now it's all impact. Jeff Church got his own thing going with Bubble Force and merged with impact. So really, there's no more TNA. It's just yeah, impact. And, yeah, and, and, and real quick, um, and, and I know we're talking about AEW, and, 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 and we'll come back to them in, in just a minute, but um, I've been saying this for a while right about that because bill you you talk about the fall of tna you know there is no more tna tna did die it is just impact wrestling now um but here is the thing right here's what i believe happened um and jay i'm gonna start with you on this one all right i believe what happened when wrestling fans saw because wrestling fans were getting behind TNA, hardcore wrestling fans, you know, that, that people that just love the business wanted something other than WWE on television uh, that was wrestling. Um, they were getting behind TNA. It was when Hogan and them came in, they were like, oh, well, fuck, here we go again, you know, with this bullshit, um, you know, same story, you know, different day. Um what I believe happened was wrestling fans saw that and went, no, uh-uh, we cannot wait another, you know, 20 years or so for a wrestling product to actually come and, you know, do something. So that's when the rise of the independents, such as Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, you know, a Actually, lot of independents yeah, MLW, um, you know, and stuff like that. That's when that's when those promotions really started getting a lot more attention because people were like, okay, well, TNA, you're going to make those mistakes. Well, then fine. We're going to go and help create these so that, you know, there's something else out there and stuff like that. Well, in reality, isn't that what happened with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks? When Cody left the WWE, very dissatisfied on how he was being treated. He goes in his circle, he's with the Young Bucks and everything. And then that first show he tried to do a couple of years ago in Chicago, 
Everyone said, oh, you ain't going to make it, you ain't gonna make it, but they sold out the arena. That was the event where Cody became the NWA champion, you know, and I was just like, whoa, that, I thought it was one of the greatest pay-per-views. I mean, he keep this in mind, I've, I've been having a lot of psychological issues with pro wrestling, you know, for my own personal demons, if you would. I was getting to the point where I was actually starting to hate the very thing that I love. Watching an event like that made me fall back in love with it. You know, because yeah. you're seeing the passion in the fire. And my God, you know, even, even seeing DDP and all those guys walking Cody out to the ring that night. And when Cody won the heavyweight strap, the NWA title, if you would, you knew you were seeing something special. You know, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you on that. And Jay, um, I think a lot of that credit, though, and that they don't get enough credit is Ring of Honor as well. Because Ring of Honor yes, during no. that time when TNA fell, um, Ring of Honor exploded. It did. Cody Rhodes emerged in Ring of Honor. The Young Bucks were rustling in and out of Ring of Honor. You had a lot of people, a lot of attention get focused on it once, like you said, once Impact became a thing of the past, so to speak. The writing on the wall was there, like Bill said earlier. The people were looking for alternatives. Ring of Honor was there. New Japan Pro was there. All these other elements say, hey, you know, there is other things out there. Let's focus on this. I, I was, I saw where Cody Rhodes turned the championship title into a ring. Yeah, literally a Lord, ring of honor. Finger. A ring of honor. The title was a ring. Legit ring he had made. You can't just. You can't tell me a group of writers in WWE could have came up with something like that. Cody Rhodes got it over. Yeah, yeah. right, he did. You know, I mean... Or continue, Jay. It, it's stuff like that in its purest form. You know, you've got happening like that. Then you talk about the pay-per-view where it was all or nothing. Where, you know, they went up to Chicago and sold out. That was the fans... Barking at WWE and going, hey, there is something else out here, and we are going to fully support it, you know, outside of Vince's rules. Because like you said yeah. earlier, yes, Vince takes people that are well-known from around the world and waters them down, turns them into something they're not, and repackages them to try to so he can make money off of them instead of taking them at face value. He did not want to bring in Samoa Joe as Samoa Joe. You know who saved Samoa Joe's? Samoa Joe's name was Triple H. Yeah. Yeah, Vince thought he was too fat. I'm like, you've seen Umaga, right, Vince? <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. understand that one. And, and hey, Umaga was amazing. He hated Umaga. Oh, I love Umaga. I love Umaga. I don't, I don't, don't take that the wrong way. The, the Samoan bulldozer, if you would. Well, it was like, you call Samoa Joe fat, dude. You got Vince, you've hired a lot of guys that seem to be obese. Well, why would Samoa Joe do in the ring, man? He created Umaga in response to Samoa Joe. I know. Yeah. The guy could go. You had the Samoan submission machine, and then you had the Samoan bulldozer. I mean, but Samoa Joe, you can see, literally do everything. Submission, aerial, ground and pound. When all thing you see Umaga really do was beat people up. That was it. He was a bulldozer. That was greatly put in there. He was a bulldozer. Plain and simple. But if those two were there, but two and if the right writers was writing it, Samoa Joe would have went over hands down against Umaga. Hands down. Yeah. But either way, you, <laughs> either way you look at it, with Impact being fucked up and going to that four-sided ring, everybody left. 
There was no support for it there. Immortal came in, which is another version of Hollywood Hulk Hogan's NWO. Even Ric Flair was a part of Immortal when he had his own group called Fortune, what I thought was great because it focused on the younger talent that they had with AJ Styles, Beer Money, and um, Frankie Kazarian. You know, it focused on those guys. But then Flair turns his back on them and goes back to Immortal. Made absolutely no sense, and that, that and everything just fell apart. You had too many moving parts in there. You went from a six-sided ring back to a regular ring, and then almost as a constellation prize for the ones that are still trying to hang on, going, hey, TNA or Impact could still be something. They give us back the six-sided ring. But it was after people like Hogan and Bischoff left. At that point, it was too late. It was too oh, late. yeah, yeah. Even watching Kurt Angle and Bobby Lashley in 2014, they even that rivalry couldn't save it. Well, if I could put this in y'all's head, when Cody Rhodes did that pay per view in Chicago and it sold it out, I'll listen to, to something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. Could y'all believe it that the fact that it sold out hurt Vince McMahon's feelings? I'm trying to think, what the freak were they going over there? Who cares? I heard, but yeah, apparently, arena like Chicago or even like, well, I think it was New Japan did a show at the Madison Square Garden, and Vince took it personal and got really upset about that it sold the garden now. So it was an insult to him and his family name. Oh, they come have not on, had Vince. that show yet. They were supposed to have it this summer or something like that, but we don't, you know, right now we don't know if, uh, if they're going to the have that shows. Ring of Honor, though. Did sell out now. It, uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan sold out yeah. at Madison Square Garden. Sold out Madison Square Garden, and Vince was really hurt, emotionally hurt on by that. WrestleMania weekend, the night before yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come on, man. I just it was hurt well, because you know. It, it, go. It, here's here's my thing, gentlemen. Right, this is this is why I get so fucking pissed with WWE. And, and, and I, at times, I don't even want to support them, right? Um, because my thing is, is, I'm like, there has to be other places that you can work and make money in, in wrestling. And there's not enough places like that. When there's only one thing that you can go to to, you know, wrestle and make money, it's like, you know then no one wants to try it because it's like, well, you know, I I, I would like to do it, but, you know, I, I've got to pay my bills, you know, and if, if WWE doesn't work, that's it, you know. Now there's, you know, starting to be AEW. Now, you know, the NWA has launched, and we'll talk about that soon. Um, you know, New Japan was making it. Ring of Honor, you know, I've, I've for so long have been behind Ring of Honor because I was like, I was like, man, if this place can get, you know, to a level where it's making money and being able to, you know, do good shows and stuff like that, then this could be a great place to work for wrestlers and stuff like that. And that's what we need. That's why I get so pissed off with people when, when they're just like, oh, but WWE's still good. I hope Vince runs them all out of the fucking place. Like, shut the fuck up, you know, like. Uh, yeah, I, I just I hate that, and you know, because it, it's such a fun business at the same time. You know, I, I know that there's you know all, people say this and that about it, but the wrestling business it, c- it can be just the most enjoyable thing in the world, 
And, you know, for the fact that there to only be one place that you can go to to make a living, it's just complete asinine to me on that one. No, there, there needs to be places like Ring of Honor. Hell, Impact Wrestling still needs to do good, you know? I was very much into the Lucha Underground thing. Um, like I said, Ring of Honor, um, New Japan, you know, even. Even if you have to go out of the country. You know, other places, hell, you know, like... And I feel like that's what we're in. Like, you know, AEW right now is the second biggest one. And, um, you know, they're doing really well. And uh, I've I've, I've been very much enjoying All Elite Wrestling. And I got to tell you guys this, because I haven't uh, been able to tell you guys this maybe. But, uh, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast. Um, I, I saw AEW in Atlanta. When they came up here, the very first time they came to Atlanta, I was there live. Me and Blake went there and uh, it was one of the greatest live wrestling shows I have seen in years. And I saw WrestleMania at the Georgia Dome, you know, so it was it was that good. And I was just like, man, there's only two shows that I have felt like that in the past, like few years. One was Ring of Honor. In, uh, in, in Atlanta, Georgia. I saw the tapings there. It was one of the best live wrestling shows I've seen in forever in a long time. Like, I was very much into it. And that was when they didn't even have the Young Bucks and uh, Cody in there anymore. Like, 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 they had just started AEW and stuff like that. But it was still amazing. And then, of course, the Dynamite episode in Atlanta, Georgia. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, I haven't felt this way like i have not felt that way at a wwe show in years and i'm just like there needs to be more of this and stuff like that i wholeheartedly agree i went to the go home raw before wrestlemania last year i went there and it was like something was missing you know that usually that last raw before WrestleMania really sets the tone for Mania. It really drives home the fact that we're going to be something special is going to happen at WrestleMania. I didn't get that feeling, and I was there live. Exactly, and uh, that 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 that's my point. Like, you know, there's only two times that I have that I have felt that way. It's been, you know, the uh, the time like like I just said, the Ring of Honor show in Atlanta, and um. Uh, the uh, 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 AEW Dynamite show um, and stuff like that. And since we're talking about Dynamite and stuff like that, they announced that they're going to bring in something that the fans have been wanting for for a while, um, another title, and uh, it is called the AEW TNT uh, Championship. And uh, it's basically the TV championship, but since they're on TNT, well, you know, just call it the TNT championship, I guess. And well, no, uh, that their episode is being called Dynamite. TNT is also another form of dynamite. Correct. That that's that's very true. So I mean, it's 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 a great it's it's genius all around. Um, you know, we haven't talked uh, in a while about this, but uh, did did either of you guys see Revolution this um, past January? Or, I'm sorry, February, I believe it was. Unfortunately, I did not. Oh, man. 
y'all need to go and 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 see that if if uh if if y'all get the chance because it it was an amazing pay-per-view like right now you know and, and that's what sucks about all of this coronavirus you know it it hopefully it hasn't really halted uh aew enough to where they can't get the momentum back um but i still think you know wrestling fans are still craving something different and aew is giving it to um you know there's also ring of honor there's also um stuff like this uh, and we'll talk about that. But as far as the, uh, the they have the TNT uh, championship tournament going on right now, and I believe that will culminate at double or nothing, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to go and look at that. But uh, wh- what do you guys think right now about uh, the TNT championship idea? Nostalgia. There was something always good about the NWA and WCW television championships. The title was always defended. On TV shows, always defended. I don't know if they're going to go the exact same route where they have a TV limit of like 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever else. But if they do that, that would be complete nostalgia. That's making something old new again. I'm really excited about this. I'm really pumped up about it. I think it's a damn good idea. Yeah, I I, I agree completely uh, with you on that one, Jay. Uh, Bill, what what's your take on it? Well, I'm not. I'm, I I feel different than uh you know than Jay. I I hear him say nostalgia. I uh, I'm gonna say rip off, and let me explain before Jay jumps my bones. The NWA, or I know we're gonna talk about it in a few minutes, has just restarted the NWA television title and has made it, you know, the old school NWA title, if you would, and doing it in a such a way where bringing back tradition to the TV title where it's meant for. It's designed. Um, they have great matches for one to help get baby faces over. But you see something like it's almost like a race against the clock, where the face is doing everything they can think of, and he was just trying to hold on, hold on. And it used to be in a ten-minute TV time limit. Well, now they do it now in six minutes. You got like six and a half, I think it is, um, to, to beat the champion. And if you're the and now they got it, which is even better. Where the if the TV champion right can have like I think like six consecutive title defenses or hold on to the strap for the TV title six times, you'll get an opportunity to cash it in almost like a million bucks. You'll get a chance to cash in the child for a world title if you choose to. And then you know just the fact that they're trying to do this at the same time the NWA just did it, bringing back the TV title. Well, we're going to try to do the same thing on a global scale. Well, what's the difference of you know? What they did from Paul Heyman years ago when, you know, the WCs is starting to work in the ECW or maybe in Smoky Mountains. But, hey, would you take that idea of putting a broad on stage? Because worse, we're trying to say, what well, people in California didn't know who ECW was. We did put a broad on stage. We didn't take their idea. We made it. We made it work and make it successful. You know, and I'm looking down like, what the fuck, dude? Really? You know, you, you, you're taking people's ideas and you're taking credit for it. You know, I mean, well, I mean, I don't think that they're trying to take credit for a TV championship idea. I just think that, you know, it, it's it's nostalgia and it's also, you know, just modernizing it just, you know, for, for the current day. Because I look, I prefer that than an intercontinental championship idea, because basically I'm like, well, then what's the point in saying the world? title like that just makes more sense to me um and stuff like that and they need another championship to keep you know some storylines you know and and develop new stuff and and everything like that 
I don't think anyone, though, you know, is ripping off anybody. I mean, hell, you know, Ring of Honor has the television championship. It's not definite in a certain time limit or anything like that, but they, but it's the ROH TV championship. Um, so, I mean, I get it. ECW had a TV title. Bush has had yeah. a TV title. I'm just not going to be like, oh, it's nostalgia. It's a great idea. And I just, because the NWA this year just won't bring back the TV title. I just think the timing of it, though, it makes me like, ah, okay, whatever. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the NWA. I'm going to go down the NWA path to support their TV title. You know, I mean, hey, congratulations to AJ for trying to do something somewhat different, calling it the TNT title, I get. I don't know. I just, to me, I got to watch it a little bit more for me to really have a good, good, honest opinion about it. You know, but I've heard they're trying to do a title, like, like I said, calling it TNT. But at the same time, the NWA just brought back the television championship and how they're trying to do it, how it was originally intended for it in the first place. So it makes me have a little bit of mixed feelings about it. That's just me. I, I mean, I, and, and I, I guess I can see where, where uh, you would get that, but I just think that, you know, no, I mean, I, I don't think that they were ripping it off of, you know, the NWA just bringing back the television championship. I mean, you know, Corgan was going to do that regardless. And we're going to talk oh, about the NWA uh, uh, in just, uh, you know, a few minutes here. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I like the fact, though, that AEW is doing really well. And I think we can all agree on that because it's it's necessary for the business. It's, um, it's, it's. It's something that the business needs. Like there needs to be another place that you can go to to have a great career, be successful, make money, you know, and you know, do wrestling and, and stuff like that. Other than WWE, because clearly, you know, they're trying to be this big, huge corporation, but yet one man's still trying to run everything. So, you know, that, that's not going to work. So It's, it's, it's um, going to make WWE do better, too. I still say one of the greatest things that happened to WWE was WCW, of make it where those two had to kick Vince in the nuts to change his way of thinking. You know, and AEW, in my opinion, will do the same thing. You know, yeah. I mean, Vince right now may not necessarily feel the pressure from AEW just, just yet, but he might be. Who knows? He's just not really showing us his cards right now. You know, time's going to tell, see how much AEW's doing. I mean, they've been kicking NXT, you know, but in the ratings, which, you know, even Jim Ross, if you, if you got to listen to Grueling JR, he's actually really disgusted. I do, all the time. They're trying to put, they're trying, yeah, me too. Let's do it every single week. And, and, and they try to put, you know, the NXT on the USA Network. You're like, oh, come on, guys. Really? Really? You know? And, yeah. And JR, well, I definitely that not shit. paying off like, That pissed me off. Either. You know, I mean, like you're really trying to divide it. You're like, oh, wow, Phil, I just remember living the Wednesday Night Wars. Now, right, good grief. Where a rest was, he's like, why would you want to put another company out of business? You're talking about people's lives and people's jobs here. You know, we're going to do this because we're lucky. We're, you know, we're going to we're going to make great wrestling TV and make and have fun in the process. But here's someone like like Seth Rollins. I love it when Jr. Said, I'm not a big Seth Rollins supporter. You know. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I just agree with what Jim Ross said. Okay, listen, I'm not knocking Seth Rollins. He's a, you know, hell of a talent in the ring. He's had some pretty good matches. Really enjoyed a match he had with Randy Orton a couple of WrestleManias ago. Really enjoyed that match, you know. Um, but 
you go in there and make comments about another promotion like AEW or trying to say, well, if Kenny Omega ever gets tired playing in the minors and come on to the WWE because we're the greatest wrestling organization ever, you can match with me at WrestleMania. And I love what Jim Ross says. It's like, Seth, just because you're getting paid a lot of money don't mean you're drawing a lot of money. And that's a true statement, man. Hey, I don't see nobody go around chilling, Seth, 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 you know? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that 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 that's a very very true statement. Uh, like I said, um, you know, I, I'm glad AEW is, is still doing good. They've got the TNT Championship Tournament going on right now. I'm loving it. Um, still, they've also you know just had Brody Lee show up um, right. and Matt Hardy join, um, who's bringing the you know Broken Universe again. Uh, it, this time the AEW, so I, I, I know that's going to uh, be awesome, and I've had a blast with what they've done with uh, Chris Jericho, because Chris Jericho's the man. Um, yes, and I just, I like a lot of stuff, and like I said, it goes back to that Atlanta show that I saw them live. Like, I was just like, oh my God, like, this was amazing. Like, I saw not only a wrestling show, like a pure wrestling show at times, but I also saw a very entertaining show as well. Like it was, it was basically, you know, nitro again for me. And that's not a bad thing. I, I, I don't think w when I say that I'm saying, you know, that, that they're ripping off anybody or anything like that. I just, you know, that's how I felt. And that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about though, the NWA coming up here in just a few minutes, because I know these guys are big fans of the NWA and of course the old WCW as well. So we're going to talk about that coming up on, on the next one. We're also going to talk about some more wrestling news uh, that happens, uh, but we're going to take a brief uh, uh, break here uh, from a word from TMB studios. Don't you go anywhere. It's the Stovall wrestling network podcast. What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. It's baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to the unique people within the CSRA area. Talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that. So you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you will also have a heyday and a half as well. This is Blake Collins signing off with Chapter City. Have a blessed rest of your day. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. Welcome back to Stoball Wrestling network podcast here i'm back with my two very special guests for this episode uh the survivor of pain mr bill blanchard and jay garganis um aka christian fury uh yes um so we uh so as we were talking about aew and stuff like that um you know making it big uh other than wwe in the wrestling world um there has been a relaunch, as we have seen um, over this past year, which was the NWA, something you never thought you would see 
in your lifetime again. But the NWA has returned, and it's all thanks to the man, Billy Corgan, lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. And um, he relaunched his own YouTube uh, show for the NWA, NWA Power. And uh, gentlemen, I know that you, you guys were huge, huge NWA and WCW fans and stuff like that. Um, seeing the relaunch of the NWA, Jay, I want to start with you. Um, you know, th- th- this had to be awesome uh, as a wrestling fan, was it not? Oh, God. It was so beautiful being able to see the commentary area and along with the, the interview area. Like, it was set up. It was set up almost identical to, to way back when. Way back when! You know, <laughs> to, sorry, but being able to um, be able to see that, see the old NWA colors, being able to actually call an NWA match. I mean, it don't get any better than that. You know, we thought we had that with when TNA first came in the thing when you had NWA TNA, you had the NWA championship belt, you had the NWA tag team titles. You thought you were getting something special with it. And then something along the lines, NWA and TNA have parted ways, and now all of a sudden you get this years later. And my mind is blown. From what I've seen out of the product thus far, I have to I have to say this is this is making some noise. This is gonna get somewhere. Yeah, I'm a new audience of that old school type feel mentality, that old school wrestling is gonna reach a whole new audience. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was gonna say real quick. Um, NWA Power has actually become like, other than Dynamite, obviously now, but like, you know, NWA before all of this craziness was like my most looked forward to uh, wrestling show because I loved the six oh five time slot on YouTube uh, and stuff like that, and I've just I've loved. All of the old school style storylines, but modernized, basically, you know, like it's it's just been amazing. I, I, I love it so far. And I've also loved um, the pay-per-views that they've done. I've seen two of their pay-per-views and both of their pay-per-views were really good. And I was really looking forward to the Crockett Cup that was actually going to be uh, not in the GPB studios. They were going to be. Uh, in the um, or the, it was going to be in this like uh, college arena, I think, or something like that, um, uh, for the Crockett Cup. So I, I was really looking forward to that. A Survivor of Pain. I know you're a huge NWA fan. What, what what's your what's your take on it, man? Boss man, you know I, I got to tell you for one, uh, huge dream come true for me. Who grew up with the NWA? Who grew up with it? on Saturday mornings and watching this stuff. And then, so yeah, I was watching it on October the 8th, 2019. Matter of fact, Christopher, Chris Diggins, excuse me, gave me the text like 30 minutes prior. Like, hey man, don't forget 605. Turn your YouTube channel. And I was like, I do, man. I'm counting down myself to me and him kind of watch that first show together. We were on the phone, watch it on YouTube. And you know, just see a Jim Cornette on there. And Jim Cornette's made so much of professional wrestling. It's kind of a, you know, I, I still feel like he doesn't get that recognition he just deserves. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, you know, you know, with Jim Cornette on there, 
doing color, you know. Six oh five on Tuesday nights, man. It was it was it was a damn good show, you know. It it, it reminded me the first show. It did remind me of the first episode I saw with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, you know. Again, Jim Cornette's promotion, you know. And then yeah, I mean, it's what. It, God, ah. okay, Caleb. I'm gonna put you like this in words, and okay. it's a Smoky Mountain Wrestling term, but it's exactly how I feel about NWA Power. It's what professional wrestling used to be. And the way you like it. And to me, it's what professional wrestling needs to be because this is the way I like it. I mean, you're seeing great matches, man. I mean, you know, Nick is the NWA champion right now. First, I got to admit, I, you know, I wasn't really following the NWA. I thought the NWA was just kind of died off. And that match I saw him and Cody had in Chicago for the strap. And I saw the big NWA celebration thing in the rematch. And Nick regained the title, you know, and then when Nick showed up in that first championship, on, uh, on the Power Hour, he's in a suit like Nick Flair. You know, carrying himself in a respectful way where world champion supposed to do. And you can tell this man takes what he does very, very seriously. And, and I, I, I got to admit, man, I'm very, very impressed with his matches. You know, the whole studio making it look like the way it used to be. Now it's still at the NWA arena. And, and you know, what, what kind of pisses me off, though, I hear guys like Vince McMahon, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a fan of Bruce Pritchard. I love something to wrestle with. You know, you know, Bruce, if you're listening to the show, thank you for bringing me out of a dark part of my life. Listening to your show, wow, I loved it. But that being said, I don't agree with what you guys are saying. You guys talk down to arena wrestling. Or no, I'm sorry, not arena, studio wrestling. You guys hate studio wrestling. Think Vince hates studio wrestling. Dude, man, I'm sorry, man. To me, it just need to look more real, if I could say that. You know, if you ever watch Jerry, uh, Jack Briscoe against Rick Flair one-on-one, that's what I saw. I saw Nick take on Cody Rhodes the first time. I mean, it, it, it was almost like a shoot match, but it was realistic, you know. And that's what I love about NWA. I've been watching. Hell, um, one of the <laughs> hell, um, you know, one of the chance encounters, Magnum TA and Ric Flair happened on Studio Wrestling. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Hell, I even saw Ric Flair and Ryan Piper do a scrimmage match in studio wrestling. I mean, yeah, I saw a lot of great matches. Rock and Roll, oh my God, Rock and Roll Express. I'm about to say and this. You would, you would <laughs> think that WWE being such an entertainment, you know, driven thing would be like, yes, that that's a great idea. Since they have their own performance center, like it's just like you would think that like you, this would be right up your alley, kind of thing. Like, yeah, I know, right? No, hold on. Let's take it down to NXT level. They do most of their shows at full sell. Isn't that kind of sort of the same damn thing? Yeah, it it's really cool. is. It really and is. Like WrestleMania this year was studio? Yeah. No, WrestleMania wasn't a studio. WrestleMania won the matches for a guard. He just had it pay-per-view-wise in selected theaters, as they call it, closed circuit TV back then. I'm talking about this year's WrestleMania. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I don't even want to I mean, call that Russell on here, but that's just. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, WrestleMania, you know, I'll shout out to those guys there, you know, I, you know, but when I see, when I see Nick defeat Tim Storm on that first match for the NWA championship, I was just like, damn, this is what wrestling needs, you know, I mean. When, when, when the Dawson's and Zane defeat, you know, Rhino and Billy Buck, I mean, come on, man. It was, it was a great tag match, you know. It's just, but I guess 
I guess if I got upset with the NWA, oh man, you know, Jim Cornette said a stupid joke. You know, except for Buddy Rogers, it sounded funny. It was not racist, in my opinion. If, if you listen to Jim Cornette explain himself and where he was going with it, you know, but a man apologized. And, well, hell, when, when some people heard it, it went over their freaking heads anyway. And when some people heard it, then they listened to it and started tweeting bad about it. Well, then, oh, Jimmy, you got to go. You know, it just kind of, I, I kind of hate that it happened. You know, and Jim Cornette just, I don't know, man. He, he, he was wrestling to me. You know, removing info, doing color, I thought kind of was, was going to hurt it, though. But, hey. You know, they're still going strong. They're still doing good. And I'm still a fan of NWA. That's what Russell needs to be, right? But just, I just wish Jim Cornette could have been in it a little bit longer than what he was. It just kind of sucks. But, which it's almost like everybody has sensitive skin nowadays. You know, you say something, you tweet it worldwide. Oh, this could be bad publicity. Boom. I just don't get it. Well, if you're a Russell yeah. fan, you don't like Jim Cornette. We're in the opinion. offended era nowadays, brother. We're in that offended era nowadays. You know, but nobody's oh, yeah. offended because you're offended, you know, because take it out of context. It's almost like you can't have entertainment without hurting somebody's feelings. Unfortunately, yeah. that's true. They wouldn't have survived in the 70s and 80s when people would talk shit about things, you know, and people laughed. You know, they wouldn't make it in today's society. But that's neither oh, here nor no. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and, and, you know, we could get into that all day long, and, and I agree with uh, you guys on that. But, um, you know, I, uh, real quick, what I really wanted to ask you guys was, was you know, I, I know all of this coronavirus has kind of thrown things off and everything like that. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully you know, the NWA can come back and still do, you know, the, the YouTube show. And they've got the big Crockett Cup coming up still uh, whenever they can get that going. Do you think that they're going to get to a level of, say, not not necessarily WWE right now, but, you know, the where they once were to, like, where, uh, where AEW is right now? And instead of two promotions, we're going to have multiple promotions and stuff like that, NWA being one of them. Well, to me, you, you, you said this earlier in the night, my friend, about the indie circuit. When, when the fans wanted something different, and, and when, when TNA obviously had died out, and then you say other promotions were really getting big. In my opinion, okay, it's not the same rules, the same laws as it was in the 70s and early 80s with the territory wars. But you're saying the territory wars come back. You're seeing other promotions. Hey, wrestlers, you now have a chance to continue working your craft. You don't have to necessarily rely on WWE, you know, with NWA, with AEW, with Major League Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You've got other options that make it big. And with the internet right now, you know, everybody in the world has access to see your matches. You don't necessarily have to be on WWE to be known worldwide. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said, with the NWA, with, 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 with its YouTube channel, Everybody knows, remembers who the NWA is. You know, in my opinion, it's bringing prestige back to it. So, yeah, I do think one day you're going to look back at, you know, you have WWE, AEW, I think NWA, I think Ring of Honor is going to be right there. MLW is doing good. New Japan Pro Wrestling is better than ever. You know, I mean, I agree with what Jim Ross and Jim Cornette and Tony Schiavone, you know, even Bischoff made the same comment. Pro Wrestling is not going to go nowhere. 
is going to survive this coronavirus. Unfortunately, the XFL can't say that, but wrestling isn't going nowhere, man. No, not a chance. Um, Jay, your thoughts on the NWA? Oh man, NWA powers may not may not achieve the level of AEW within the next few shows or maybe within the next year, but sometime within between now and five years from now, we're going to be talking about at least a big three, if not a big four, because you have New Japan Pro Wrestling that's still there, that's still dominating. You still got Ring of Honor, you've got AEW, and now you got NWA Power along with Vince McMahon and WWE. Of course, you know, WWE has that stigma and always has had that stigma about them that's going to eventually hurt them to the point beyond all recognition. So you're going to need an outlet. And with WWE not being tested in 20 years, this would be actually good for WWE because WWE did a lot of their best work when their backs were against the wall. That's when wrestling was wrestling back in the 90s. When Vince had to pull out everything he could possibly think of to win this war, you know, we need that outlet. With him not being tested, you see the product we get. We see the end result. Right. So now you got WA Power that's on the rise. You've got AEW on the rise. They're doing fairly well. I think NWA Power is going to be the same way. And then you also got, like you said, we can't rule out Ring of Honor. You got New mm-hmm. Japan Pro. So, I mean, and you're, MLW. And MLW, you cannot, you cannot just throw those guys aside or those quote unquote internet darlings because it's not in the 90s where you just prayed that somebody that you had has a VHS tape of something that happened over in New Japan. You can look it up on YouTube right there on your fingertips, watch it on your phone, watch it on, on, your, on your smart TV or your computer. You have access to these wrestlers and these great matches. I mean, this is not the same wrestling business you had 20 years ago. Right. This is something right. new. You, you've you've got to be able to evolve. <laughs> no pun intended. You have to be able to evolve with today's time and know your audience. Your audience has other things. You can't sit there and pretend to be the only thing out there when you know there is. And you can't insult your fans. And that's the biggest thing WWE has having a problem with is insulting the intelligence of the fans. Like there's nothing else out there. We're not even going to acknowledge the competition. Well, Vince right. did the same thing until WCW started beating the shit out of him in ratings, and he was real close to having to close the doors to WWF. That's when he started acknowledging the competition. Right. Oh. Right. And and, and and I agree completely. I've been saying it for the longest time. Like, you know, I think that we're going to be in for a wrestling war, but it it's not necessarily going to be a war that everyone thinks it's going to be like. It's not going to be two companies. But hell, you know, to your point, the industry was better when you had two companies, you know, like, you know, just two of them, because then there was multiple wrestling on and stuff like that. And they were different and stuff like that. Um, I, I believe that they're, um, is going to be multiple promotions, you know, like, like, like I said, that there was, you know, the industry was great when there were just two companies, you know, WCW and WWE, you know, everyone was still actually able to make a pretty good living in wrestling, you know, 
Uh, and that's what we need. And, you know, having multiple promotions such as the NWA on the rise again, uh, Ring of Honor, you know, you know, they're still doing pretty good business. Uh, MLW, you know, MLW is doing tremendous work right now, um, you know, because th they've even got their YouTube show. And they're also on a channel technically, which is being sports. But they've also got that YouTube outlet, you know, and I like the fact that and Jay, I think I think you'll agree with me on this. Like, you know, I like the fact that Billy Corgan was just like, you know what, I'm not even I'm not even going to look for a network right now. I'm just going to do it on YouTube, you know, like like what like might as well, because you probably will get more views that way than you would on a television network. At this point in time, you know, people just watch YouTube religiously a lot of the times, more so than they do cable. Oh, man, I agree. Because, like, if you got people that have desk jobs and they sit in front of a computer all day long and, and their boss is not really heavy on what they're doing as long as they're doing their job, they've got YouTube up. They're either listening to music or they're watching something while they work. As long as the workload's getting done, a lot of the bosses don't care. You know, and you're able to access a lot of information, with, whether it's wrestling or, hell, even these podcasts by, with Bruce Pritchard and, and stuff. I mean, it's just the way today's society is. That's where the moneymaker is, the, you know, being able to stream stuff online, not necessarily be able to sit at home and watch TV. Because, hell, the, you, anybody with kids nowadays, you know, to make them, to keep them from calm and whatever else, you got the TV on playing cartoons, and you got your smartphone pulled up, or you're in front of your laptop, and you're watching something with your headphones on. You know, that's right. that's a lot of my evenings, and I'm pretty sure Survivor of Pain could attest to that as well. You know, you got families, there's one TV, maybe two, and only one's hooked up to the cable or satellite or whatever you've got. They're watching TV. You don't want to disturb them. You pull up wrestling, you pull up whatever, and you just start watching and laughing and whatever else, no matter what the content is. That is today's world. Yeah, yeah. I'll be sitting and in the same room. My wife's got a smartphone. She watches her thing. I watch my thing, and the kids got the TV. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, you know. Um, and, and the same can be said for MLW, you know, MLW, Major League Wrestling. Um, they don't even, well, they have a TV network or, or they're on a TV network, I should say, um, uh, uh, being sports. But they've also, you know, got the free thing on YouTube where they post their episode up there and um, you actually get it for uh for um you, you get it uncensored and everything like that like like you hear them say you hear them drop some words where i'm just like holy shit i can't believe they just said that but all right <laughs> um you know so like 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 they say fuck and shit and everything like that on it so i'm like so you know and i'm sure the youtube probably gets more views than being sports um, so, you know, the, the MLW and, and, and NWA, they're doing good business right now. Ring of Honor, you know, I hope that, that, that they continue to do uh, good business. And, and we're going to talk about them 
uh, when we come right back here. We're going to take a brief uh, uh, pause real quick from a word or for a word, I should say. Good Lord, if I could speak uh, <laughs> for TMB Studios. Uh, this is the Stovall Wrestling Network. We'll be right back. I know we're supposed to do some sort of commercial or something like that, man. Uh, you know, I'm not prepared for stuff like this. Look, it's easy, man. You just got to say one line. That's it. One, one line. Okay. Yep. So, uh, well, you picked up what was, what's, what's the one line? Look, look, it's easy to say, man. Look, all you got to do is say that 90s nostalgia is now on TMB Studios in podcast form, and we're talking about the 90s more than ever before. That's simple. So is that your line or my line? That's your line. Oh, well, you just said it. No, I said it because you said your line. So so we're done here. No, we're not done. All you had to do was just say that 90s Nostalgia is on TMB Studios, and it's in podcast form, and we're talking about the 90s more than ever before. How hard is that for you to say? It's not, but you said it already. I know I said I said it for say for you. Uh, well, well, I guess we're done here. Uh, no, no, we're not done. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Hey, just let's just start the commercial. It's already it's started. started. What? <laughs> no, we don't start the commercial until I say start the commercial. I'm the guy in charge. Yeah. We don't TV start it. Studio, touch my bass productions. It's the same thing all over again. People tell us what to do. I tell you. Oh, what the? Nobody starts it. We didn't start this until somebody says 90s nostalgias on TMB Studios. I guess we're done. And I, I guess um, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you later, brother. No, no, we're 90s Nostalgia, just say the freaking line! 90s Nostalgia, catch it exclusively on TMB Studios. You are currently listening to SWN, the Stoball Wrestling Network, on TMB Studios. All right, I am back here with on the Stovall Wrestling Network uh, to still talk a little, to talk just a little bit more about some wrestling news uh, that was going on. Uh, we unfortunately, though, we had to lose Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard. Um, he was called away uh, in this instance, and uh, he will not be able to return. Uh, for this episode, but we will have him on again here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. I always enjoy talking uh, to Bill, especially about wrestling, and I always uh, just enjoy talking to him in general. It's great. Um, but I am still back, though, with uh, Mr. Jay Garganis, a.k.a. Christian Fury. Jay, uh, thank you still uh, for uh, hanging in here with me, man. <laughs> Oh, not a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we still got a little bit more uh, wrestling news to talk about here. Um, in in the midst of all of this, you know, empty arena uh, stuff going on, all of the coronavirus um, stuff going on, uh, it, it has been said, or I should say reported, that uh, that. Uh, there are several promotions uh, such as MLW and Impact Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor that are all paying their talents still, even though there are no shows going on. They're still paying 
the talent and the crew that works for them. And I never thought we would be in a world where, you know, those companies were looked at better than WWE is right now when it comes to that. Right, Jay? You're absolutely right. It's always the ones you least expect, whether it be good or bad. And this time it just so happens to be in a good way. It's the ones that you least expect to be able to take care of their talent. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Impact Wrestling, you know, is paying their talent right now. Uh, they even paid a promoter uh, that they, or they paid the venue, I think it was, that they were supposed to play in or something like that, or they were supposed to be in, but they're not going to be able to be in now. But they still paid that venue, and the venue even shouted them out. They were like a class act by Impact Wrestling. And a class act by them, Ring of Honor, MLW, um, you know, of course, AEW is, is still doing that, obviously. But MLW, um, I believe NWA is still trying to do that right now. You know, so good for them for still trying to take care of their talent because these are hard times right now. And, uh, you know, there's just there's so much uncertainty going on right now. And for them to be able to pay their talent, which is their bread and butter, um, that that really says a lot, doesn't it, Jay? Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't really stop there. You know, even down here around where we live at, you have other promotions that are even set up, you know, donation sites and GoFundMes, you know, to help out with the talent that would regular the shows around here. And I, I think it's a great thing, you know, because a lot of these guys, this is how they earn their living, you know, hitting the road, going from show to show, getting getting paid, you know. It's feast or famine for these guys. And right now, if you didn't have promotions and stuff like that trying to do that, these guys would be sitting at home, you know, pretty much losing their power, losing their homes, losing everything that they've worked for up until this point. And really, that's it's a great thing, the community trying to come together to try to take care of these guys, whether it be the promotion itself or even fans that would normally pay money to come see these guys that are go ahead and donating a few bucks here and there to be able to overall pay the talent that would have been at the shows. I think it's a class act and more power to them because God bless them. You know, they're, they're trying to do this in this hard time. You don't get too many jobs. Even right now, which I smell a lot of lawsuits coming after this coronavirus, this, corona, this COVID-19 stuff, um, where they were promised that they would get paid and they're not, you know, lawyers are going to start having field days with these companies. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's definitely going to be interesting. That That's for sure. But kudos to those promotions, you know, paying the talent and stuff like that. You know, it, 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 it's just so interesting, uh, you know, that that wrestling through all of this is still showing uh, that it just, it, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. There will still be professional wrestling going on some way in some form of another, you know? Oh yeah. Wrestling hasn't stopped. It's been around for eons. It's going to continue to be one way, shape or form, whether if it actually be WWE, it could be something else in the next 20 years. You know, we could be talking about WWE in the past tense. Like we nope. do with W and, and AWA. We can't really say that about NWA now. But 
AWA, you know, that's all past tense stuff now. You know, right. I mean, if things keep going the way they are, who's to say? I mean, I don't wish any company ill will because, no. you know, but WWE has a good thing. And, you know, when you're high, that high up on the hog, you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah, yeah. So some bad things could happen. Yeah, that, that, that's a very good point. And, uh, you know, who knows? You know, we, we have no idea what the future holds at, at, at this point uh, for anything. Uh, but we're going to take one more commercial break here on the Stoveball Wrestling Network. And when we come back, we've talked about the present. We've talked about what could possibly be the future in pro wrestling well, we're going to talk about, coming up next, we're going to go to the past, and specifically in the 90s, 1999, we're going to talk about Backlash, 1999. Don't go anywhere. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network right here on TMB Studios. Hello, Internet. It's Chris Dickens, and have you ever considered going to a restaurant but wasn't sure about their food quality? their atmosphere, and their ease of access? Well, let me take the stress out of that by offering you the chance to listen to the newest podcast on TMB Studios called The Bite. On The Bite, yours truly goes to these restaurants in and around the nation and lets you know from my own firsthand experience about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their location's ease of access. And then you, the consumer, can make the decision on your own account listening for this podcast if the place is worth your time and your money. All you have to do is just tune in for brand new episodes of The Bite. It's worth the time, worth the patience, and ultimately, worth your sanity. Check out The Bite on TMB Studios. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMB Studios. Welcome back to the Stovall Wrestling Network. Uh, I am, of course, Caleb Stovall, and I am here once again back with my very special guest, Mr. Jay Garganis, uh, a.k.a. Christian Fury. Uh, welcome back, man. Oh, man, I've had a time tonight, brother, I'm going to tell you, being able to talk about this stuff, and now we're getting to talk about a blast from the past. Yeah, yes. Yes, and uh, this is something I have implemented or have wanted to implement, you know, for a long time into the show and everything like that, uh, where we take a a event from the past, you know, whether that be the 90s, you know, the Ruthless Aggression era, the Attitude era, the Monday Night Wars, Monday Nitros, WCWs, NWA, Hell, TNA, you know, even old Ring of Honor stuff, you know, just an old event, you know, if it happened in the past, you know, we can talk about it. And uh, so I, I was looking for one that happened in the month of April that, that was interesting and everything like that. And I saw that Backlash 1999 was in the month of April. And I thought, you know what? That's perfect. So we're going to do Backlash 1999. Uh, it happened on April 25th, 1999, uh, to be specific. Um, and uh, this was the pay-per-view, the follow-up pay-per-view to WrestleMania uh, 1999 or WrestleMania 15. 
where the main event was the main of uh, was the main event for this show as well, which is of course uh, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, and um, you know they they've still got the Austin versus McMahon rivalry going on. Uh, they've got a bunch of other stuff. We are well in. This is pretty much where I believe you know the peak of the attitude era was starting to happen. Uh, and then it would really peak in, in the two thousands, as we know, uh, for WWE, but this was where, you know, the peak was really happening. And this was where, you know, it, it just, for whatever reason, it seemed like their storytelling at this point was just off the charts. There was just nothing that was really that bad or anything like, like, or like, you really didn't feel anything was bad when you were watching it at the time. You were just like, this is awesome, right? Exactly. And, um, and, so, and so. 99, with a 99 mindset, this was completely off the charts. Especially that first pay-per-view event after WrestleMania 15. And the events leading up to Backlash, the very first Backlash, I might add. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, it was. It, it was the very first backlash. This is where uh, WWE would start to implement multiple pay-per-views uh, in a year or something like that. That that was that would be where this kind of uh, started uh, and everything like that. And uh, but this is when they were just on fire. Stone Cold is on fire. The Rock is getting huge. Mankind uh, is is huge. Uh, you know, the big show has come over. The Undertaker is not only just the dead man, but he's more like this satanic cult leader uh, and everything like that. Just a bunch of stuff going on here. Uh, Triple H has separated from uh, DX. And now, you know, we start to see the crumbling of DX, basically, and the rise of Triple H and stuff like that. And we're going to get into it and everything like that. But let's get right into it, Jay. Let's talk about Backlash 1999. We open up, uh, you know, previewing uh, Austin and Rock and, and the whole event and everything like that. And we open it up with what I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is a Pantera riff in there. Like, I was just like, that's a Pantera riff in there. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> the whole buildup, you know, you can tell you're still in the 90s. You know, because back when the Attitude Era was going, it was heavy in the rock and roll and maybe even sometime with the rap, but mainly rock and roll. And yeah, that sounded just like a Pantera rip. I mean, you had the culmination of Austin and The Rock, you know, from WrestleMania 15, where a few years earlier, you had the exact opposite happen where Austin threw the Intercontinental Championship into the river off a bridge and threw The Rock over with it. Then turn around for the WWE Championship, but this time it was the Smoking Skull Championship where he threw Austin over the bridge and then threw the title in after him. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it was things coming around full circle for them too, and they that was a hot rivalry back in '99. Right, right, and, and we're going to get in to their rivalry, I'm sure, when we talk about them in the main event. But we open up the show. And we go in to a six-man tag team match 
that featured the brood versus the acolytes and Midian of, you know, the Undertaker's new ministry of darkness uh, that's going to happen. And uh, yeah, th- this is how we opened up the show. Um, what'd you think of this opening uh, matchup? If I remember correctly, the brood has just kind of sort of separated from the Ministry of Darkness because they didn't want to be controlled. And well, correct. Yeah, they were uh, they were beaten out of the Ministry of Darkness, basically. So this was the feud that ended. But <coughs> oh, excuse me, <laughs> no Corona. But um, <laughs> but um, anyway, um. The matchup itself was interesting. I don't really, you know, looking back on it today, I didn't remember meeting in much until this event. And nobody my does. God, my God, the heat that Median had at this point. You know, everybody was chanting Median sucks. I mean, they didn't care to, to chant or boo too much on the Alkalites or anything. But I remember them really going to town against Median. I and, think that was like kind of like the you know go away heat, but still it's heat, you know. Heat's heat, you know. You want to talk about cheap pops that Mick Foley was so great right here in Grovetown, Georgia, or whatever else, whatever city they were in, you know, yeah. talking about cheap pops and whatever, regardless of what it is, it was a pop. Right. So cheap heat or legitimate heat, heat's heat, you know. So, but. My God, you know, being able to see guys again like Gangrel and Christian and Edge back back then, the Brood, you know, a young Christian and a young Edge, you know, before they split off and did the Christian and Edge team tag team or Edge and Christian, right. you know, because um, I even remember the the backstory on how they came. You know, and all this memory started flooding back on this match. And, and you heard that iconic, you know, theme music of the brood. Oh, dude, that's what started the match. I mean, they were the first ones to come out. And I, it's, it, words can't describe. It's like I was reliving it all over again. And like I said, the flood of memories. But uh, the match itself was actually pretty damn good. Um, the storytelling within it was great. I mean, you, you expect to see guys like Farouk and Bradshaw to use their power. They did, you know, and media oh, yeah. with whether it was like go away heat or whatever else, you know, we don't care for you go away. You know, either way, you know, it, it, it just worked. Everything within that element worked. And, I was uh, highly. Median had that eyeball. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I was just like, what? Really? You have the acolyte painted with, like, vampire symbols and stuff like that across her chest, and he's got an eyeball in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, my God. This clearly has Vince Russo written all over it. <laughs> all over it. I'm sitting here going, man, not too long before that, he was Phineas Godwin, you know. He was a, a freaking farmer from Arkansas. Now he's the satanic guy. And, of course, yeah. you know, if you want to fast forward years later, we had Naked Median. Oh, God. Yeah. And, you know, we had, um, you, you know, like, Minion was, like, sacrificed on live television, right? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, that was terrible. But then, you know, you, you look at that and you see 
you know, you're looking at future Hall of Famers uh, right there. You know, obviously Ron Simmons is already a Hall of Famer um, in a, a, of his own right. The APA evolved into something uh, bigger than uh, what it was thought of here, you know. The APA, the, right. the, the protection. Alkalites. They're just the alkalites here, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, looking back and watching this, they're going, man, I have fast suspect them seeing, having a beer in their hand playing cards before they go out there and wrestle, you know. <laughs> right. You got to knock on the door. You got to respect the door. <laughs> right. I love that stuff. That, that that was just amazing stuff. And then, you know, you look at Edge and Christian here, like like the, the careers that, that, that those two have had and, and stuff like that. It's, it's really interesting. But here they are in the opening of Backlash of 1999 and stuff like that. And, and so we open it up with this six-man tag match. Then we go in to Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly for the WWE Hardcore title. Jay, I know you had to be a fan of this matchup. Oh, man. Yeah, what does everybody want? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I remember not too long before that, I didn't even think that Hardcore Holly was a member of the job squad, you know, the whole Penny Payne stuff. You know, and if you go back and revisit WrestleMania 15, there was a hardcore match where uh, where badass Billy Gunn was defending this hardcore title against the three of them, and Hardcore Holly winds up winning it. And now you got Al Snow challenging for it. And you had, uh, you know, the month before that at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, you had uh, Hardcore Holly versus Al Snow, and they ended up in the river. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they were talking about that the entire match. Talking about how many they've been in and out of that river more times than anybody else has. <laughs> <laughs> but on a technicality, though, Al Snow didn't really win the match. It was head. <laughs> The biggest thing I remember about that 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 match there was afterwards when they caught up with Al Snow, right? Kevin talking or not? Ke- yeah, it was Kevin Kelly talking to uh, Al Snow, and then he's having an argument with his imaginary person here. Oh no! But who got the pin? Ha ha ha! What? Ha ha ha! I know. It was great. It was tremendous. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I even loved the match itself. But what did you think of the match itself? The match itself was brutal all over the place. I mean, hell, you had Hardcore Holly trying to pin Al Snow inside of a full trash can. One of those oh, big- I know. I saw that. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, man, I don't remember this. Hardcore Holly even tried to use a sink. He's hitting him with everything, including the kitchen sink, but that didn't quite work. (laughs) Somewhere the porcelain gods were upset and rolled over in their graves, but porcelain (laughs) got destroyed on the concrete. (laughs) (laughs) I know, dude, but it was just so entertaining. Like, it was just, it was so good. And then, like, the crazy spot at the end where it's a superplex onto the table. Uh, just, oh, my God, that was a brutal spot, was it not? 
Oh, man, it was. And honestly, you know, back then, I thought that's where it was going to end. You're going to have two hardcore champions walking around. You know, there's not going to be a winner. And then shortly after that, you had Head come into play, and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, just, I don't know. I, I But I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I loved it. Um, it, it brought a, a, a little bit of, a little bit more entertaining uh, stuff to to the night and everything like that. So good job, Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly. So two pretty good matches to start off this pay-per-view uh, and everything like that. Then we go to a segment where The Undertaker is talking to the Ministry of Darkness, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's basically plotting out something that uh, is going to happen at the end of the night, and we'll talk about it. Uh, coming up, but uh, then we go into our next matchup, which is Goldust versus the Godfather for the Intercontinental title. And uh, all I can say is thank God <laughs> Me Too did not in- exist in this time because this would be just brutal. <laughs> Especially the whole whole train and everything like that, and we want puppies chance and I remember oh Godfather God. coming out, of course, the booze until he brought the hose out. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was, it was great, and, and they did love the Godfather. I mean, I mean, uh, he was really good at that role and stuff like that. And then, of course, you know, Gold Dust, who comes out with the blue meanie, and let's get ready for the grind. <laughs> For all the men that want to be me and all the women that want me, here comes the ride. Oh. I was like, what the fuck? What are we doing here? <laughs> of course, I can't tell you the backstory of how them two came to item, but the fact is, watching it right now, it's like, oh, dear Lord. And then hearing the commentary say, oh, yeah, there's oftentimes that Blue Meanie calls gold dust mommy. Oh, oh. <laughs> what the fuck what is going on like I'm just like oh my god I don't oh no that's definitely well, Vince Russo and part, all the way but the funniest part that I've seen in that whole match Goldust went to do the baby powder spot yes and goes to throw it in Godfather and Godfather slapped it back up Blue Meanie comes in, he decks the Blue Meanie, and then he pretends to be the Blue Meanie to get him over there to do Shattered Dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's me, it's me. (laughs) And I love the fact that he gives him the Shattered Dreams, right? He kicks him square in the nuts, and and then Godfather, you know, goes to pin Gold Dust, and Blue Meanie no-sells that shit like it was nothing. Like, he just got up and tried to break up the pin. I was like, oh, my God, you fat fuck. Like, what the hell? So what, Gold Dust missed? <laughs> yeah. Like, like I was just like, what the hell? Oh, my God. And of course, I, I got Gold Dust in the jewels because I think he came in with a headbutt or something. Got him <laughs> in the jewels. <laughs> I don't know, but it was, oh my God, it was just, it was, it was brutal. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I did love, or go ahead. But entertaining. 
<laughs> yes, it was. I, I loved it. I, I, I thought I thought that spot made me laugh so hard. Like I was just like, oh my God, that was so funny. Um, you know, and everything like that. Uh and and then we go on to Al Snow uh having an interview with Michael Cole. Of course, we talked about that already with, with the uh head interview. Then we go to the New Age Outlaws versus Owen Hart and Jeff uh, Jarrett. And the New Age Outlaws come out. They do their regular thing and everything like that. Of course, you know, you, you forget, you know, watching this, just how over that catchphrase was. I mean, like, literally, everyone can, you know, say them from front to back at this point. So yeah, in my sleep. Still, I know, right? Um, and so, you know, so we've got the New Age Outlaws come out, and then Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett make their way out. And uh, <laughs> I basically, <laughs> I go to King's reaction when he sees Deborah walk out, and he just like, yeah, but, but oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah, you might as well say Deborah McMichael was naked. I mean, come on, she didn't leave much to the imagination. No, it was just, it was just, fuck it, just here we go. <laughs> of course, you know the road dog Jesse James and Billy Gunn had to play on that, and, and she was going to oblige. Okay yeah. then. <laughs> and then Jim, but hey, Jared's just because we're not full. Billy Gunn, show him that ass. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's what was even worse was fucking King was making whistle noises like calling a dog over. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as the Me Too movement at this point. No, yeah. there isn't. Oh, but like god. I said, thank God there that that they were not around because oh my god, this would. This would be thrown off the air at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I remember there was a spot in the match where I want to say that uh, Owen Hart or Jeff Jarrett was tagged. I can't remember which one. But as soon as they got tagged in, they did the whole drop down bear claw. And then they both dropped down again. And then partners actually collided. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, oh, my God. It was just. It, it, it was interesting, but hey, it was an entertaining matchup. Uh, both teams did really good, although I don't think there was a lot of people paying attention to the matchup, that anyone that was there. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was great. I, I, I loved it uh, and everything like that. And then we go to Shane McMahon discusses The Rock versus Stone Cold because at this point, Shane McMahon has kind of, you know, edged his father out. Uh, you know, he, he's taken over the WWE or so he says and everything like that. And then we cut to Vince with uh, Stephanie at the time. You know, she looks so innocent. You know, it's 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 amazing to see that side of her because I don't know that side anymore. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, we, we go to that and then uh, we go to Big Show versus Mankind in a boiler room brawl match. Oh, Lord. You, you, uh, what, what, what'd you say? I said, Lord, have mercy. 
Oh, I know. I, I was just getting ready to say, you thought the hardcore match was brutal. Uh, this matchup was just, oh my God. Uh, you know, Jay, your thoughts on this massacre? Goodness gracious. I mean, they both got tore up from the floor up in this match. Yes. And they- you want to inject Tess in their garden the door to make sure that Mick Foley ain't the one that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> or Which Mankind. they didn't do a good job. He still won the damn match. Exactly. Because if you haven't watched a boiler room match, the match takes starts off in the boiler room, and the only way to win is be the one to escape the boiler room. And this match happened one other time before, and it was Mankind versus The Undertaker. And it was actually different rules at the time. Right. It was different rules. They had to actually make it to the ring. But but that was to gain the services of Paul Bearer. Unfortunately, we found out later. (laughs) But anyway, um, but going to that spot there, (laughs) getting thrown on freaking chain links, getting busting freaking glass. Yeah. There was literally blood everywhere. Like, it looked like a crime scene out of a horror movie. And uh, just the stuff that they did, like, like you could tell the glass legit cut mankind. You could tell that Big Show even got, like, a bunch of stitches because, you know, it, he probably didn't even get to use the razor blade. Like, like it was just used for him, basically. It was just like, eh, nah, you don't need that. No, we're going to do things the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just, my God, the ladder spot, the um, ramming mankind into a bunch of, like, bleachers or something like that. Oh, my God. It was, it was just brutal. Um, and, I, you know, it's funny because after the match, we cut to something. And I don't necessarily know if this was in the original cut of the pay-per-view. Or if this was just added in. But it showed mankind walking through and going, I got kids. Do I want to wrestle the big show? Hell no, I don't want to. Look at this. Look at my blood over there. And I'm just like, oh my God. This is this is crazy. I don't think that was in the original cut. Because, I mean, it was like immediately following the match. It wasn't like it was, you know, this is after the main event and everything, and then they go back and talk to mankind. No, it was like immediately following. I'm yeah. like, oh. It was just, oh my goodness, it was brutal. It was brutal. That uh, was but it, train I mean, wreck and car wreck and everything rolled into one. Yeah. But it was still good. And, I mean, that, that, that's the sad part. Like, even as, as much as it was so brutal and everything, it still was so good. It was like, oh, my God, this is, it's still really good, you know? Just, I don't know. I, you know, it, it just – and then, you know, to see the aftermath, like I said, not only Mankind walking through, showing what all happened, and then, you know, Big Show with that look of just like just like, you know – He's got a dislocated finger, and uh, he's getting stitches. Like he's just like, hurry up, just do whatever you got to do. Like it's just, uh, it was it was brutal. But then we go 
to X-Pac versus Triple H, which, as you know, X-Pac, or I'm sorry, Triple H turned his back on X-Pac and DX, same way China did, and China is in the corner of Triple H. And, uh, yeah, um, this matchup uh, I thought was actually pretty good for what it was. I, I really like the fact that it uh, involves some good old-school wrestling tactics, such as, you know, X-Pac uh, showing that his neck was injured or something like that, and then that being a really key target uh, throughout the match for Triple H. Um, I'm going to get into the shenanigans that happened uh, at the end of this matchup in just a minute. But, Jay, overall, you know, before all of that, um, I thought these two were having a pretty good solid match. Uh, did you agree? I agree. I mean, this was a matchup you didn't think would ever take place because hell, X-Pac came in back to the WWE because of Triple H and DX. You know, this was one of those matches that needed to happen with Triple H turning his back on D-Generation X. And this was kind of like revenge because when he turned on D-Generation X, it was X-Pac that he turned on. Right. So it... It made sense for this match to take place here, and you, as a fan, as a you know, you're solidly behind X Pop trying to defend Degeneration X. This Triple H had lost his way type thing, you know, and yeah, like I said, X Pop was really selling his neck, was really selling that being an injury for him, and it was targeted. It was well thought out and well done. It, it reminded you of that old school film match. There's only four legs to a table. You work on one of those legs, the three-legged table ain't going to stand for long. You know, so instead of it being a leg or an arm, it happened to be the neck. You know, where the head goes, the body will follow. So, right. I mean, it was very – this is where you start seeing the game, the cerebral assassin – Right here, when he stepped out away from Degeneration X to start working on that mid that that main event card status of what we've got in the game, the student of the game, you started seeing that more in this matchup. Right. So if you go back through history and pinpoint when did the evolution of the game really begin, it would be right there. Right. I agree completely. Um, I, I'd like, I, I like this matchup for what it was and everything. I've always been a fan of Sean Waltman's as well. Um, I've always thought that he was very underrated. Uh, unfortunately, drugs and stuff like that, you know, got involved in his career as well. But uh, yeah, two members of the clique uh, in, in this one. And uh, they, they delivered. Here's where I had a problem, though, okay? I understood, you know, why this happened. I understood Kane coming down and helping uh, X-Pac, basically, you know? And he sets both China and Triple H up for the Bronco Buster and stuff like that. All right? That part was cool. I thought, all right, I'm okay with that because, you know, Kane and X-Pac are forming this, you know, tag team bond, basically. And here's what I didn't understand was he goes and delivers the Bronco Buster to both of them. 
And then Triple H just gets up and pedigrees him. And I was just like, wait a minute. Uh, to me, you know, X-Pac should have kicked Triple H and pinned him. That, that, I don't know. That, that, that just seemed like to me, if we're going to have Kane come down and interfere and try to help him. Because then it just kind of looks like all of that was for nothing. Right. I mean, I agree, you know, because Kane could have very easily laid both of them out and X-Pac could have picked the bones. Went for the cover right off the freaking choke slam or the, even the tombstone that he did on occasions. You know, um, they could have ended it right then and there. X-Pac could have went home to Victor. But, you know, as Bruce Pritchard would say on the show, that's not the story we're telling. You know, so for him to come right on up after the Bronco Buster and kick him in the gut and pedigree him and it'd be over. Like, wait, what? Kane didn't stick around. Well, I, I know. And, and Kane, to me, didn't even have to stick around. Like, like to me, you know, X-Pac should have Bronco Bustered them both, but then he should have let Triple H get up, then, you know, kick Triple H in the gut and given him the X-Factor and then pinned him. Like to me, I, I, I just, I, I just thought that one was overbooked right there. I, I just, I, I really did. I was like, I was like, ugh, I, I didn't like that ending. I mean, I, I, I would have liked it had X Pot won, and then it made more sense. But to me, when that happened, it made X Pot look kind of like a dumbass. You know? <laughs> yeah, it made him. It did. Unfortunately, they did. Yeah. But. You knew eventually that they were going to be breaking apart DX later on down the line and only to reform them again after Hunter is the champ. Right. It just, uh, I don't know. I just, I, 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 to me, I get why Triple H won as well. Like, like, I get why he would win the match. But to me, just the way that they did it, it's just like, to me, you know, you could have had all of that happen in X-Pac win and it would have made more sense could have been, but it could have also been more of a series type thing too where it went into a lengthy feud you know yeah Pac have his moment at backlash and then the next two pay-per-views have triple h but either by hook or crook or whatever else beat him but you like know? you said you know that wasn't the story that they were looking to tell so you know we'll never know on that one but uh, it is what it is. Uh, X-Pac versus Triple H, though, all around. It was a pretty good matchup. Uh, then we go on to the next matchup, which is Ken Shamrock versus The Undertaker. Uh, and this is where The Undertaker, again, is doing this weird sort of, you know, he always enhances his character. It doesn't matter what it is. And this one, he, made, he went more darker and he went more evil, like he went straight satanic, like leading a cult-like church following, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> this matchup was interesting. That, that's all I'll say, you know. Um, I didn't think it was the best matchup ever. Um, you know, I, I didn't think that they had that great a chemistry. Uh, you know, Shamrock's trying to wrestle him and stuff like that, and Taker's trying to be, you know, Taker. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, what do you think of it, Jay? Well, honestly, you know, Ken Shamrock tried to do what he knows, mm -hmm. and that 
his Matt technical style. I'll get him down, submit him, you know. And um, what it was, I thought it was a halfway decent match, you know, Undertaker versus Ken Shamrock. You know, I mean, if if you were to say if Kurt Angle would have been able to come into WWE back in 99, if he was in the shoes of Ken Shamrock versus The Undertaker, you probably would have had a similar match. Right. The strength. And Ken Shamrock's strength was submission. Get you to ground and pound. You know, that UFC-style fighter. You know, and, but Ken Shamrock's out of his elements. Undertaker wins. Ken Shamrock made the dumb mistake of trying to tombstone the Undertaker, which got reversed. Real quickly, I might add, that's what set up the failure for Ken Shamrock, in my opinion, in that match. Right, right. Instead of um, staying up on the leg like he should have, he tried to steal Undertaker's move. Right. Uh, I, I agree with you completely on that. So, I mean, if you break it down to that then, yeah, it was a really good match. But if you want to talk about mechanics, chemistry, and everything like that, yeah, it, it wasn't the best match. Something you'd expect more out of, again, Shamrock, Undertaker match. But this is what you got. And for what it was, you know, Ken Shamrock trying to mainly stick to his strengths and Undertaker's to his, it, it was a pretty good match. It wasn't the best match on the card. But it was a good, entertaining match. I, I I got everything that was done and the reasons why behind it, watching it. Right. Right. I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, yeah. It, it, like I said, it, it wasn't a bad match. Uh, I just didn't think it, you know, it, it, it was the best match. It could have been better. But uh, it is what it was. And, and, and I thought that the two, uh, for what they, you know, needed to do, uh, it worked for the most part. So, Yeah. Um, that's Ken Shamrock versus The Undertaker. And then we cut to Mr. McMahon uh, leaving the arena, or so it looks like he's about to leave the arena. And then he's got some unfinished business uh, to attend to. Uh, tell Stephanie to wait in the limo, which is a key element in all of this. And we'll get to it in a minute. And then we get ready for our main event of the evening, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold enters as the champion. However, uh, it, it's almost like he's not the champion at the same time because he's trying to get back his property, the Stone Cold uh, title, the, the Stone Cold uh, Smoking, Smoking Skull, Skull Belt. Yeah, the Smoking Skull Belt that he made uh, and stuff like that. And McMahon has, uh, you know, kept hidden away from him basically um and uh yeah so the the build up to this the the storyline to it the whole storyline with austin versus mcmahon uh whether it be vince himself or in this case shane mcmahon who is the special guest referee and has made this a no holds barred matchup and uh yeah I love the way that this immediately starts off. You have the rock, rock out, or walk out and stuff like that. And then you have Stone Cold come out and he like is walking and then he stops and he just takes off running. And then here we go 
you know, the, the fight is on, basically. And, Jay, you know, it, it, it really is true. When these two got in the ring, you know, the WWE basically could just print money at this point. You know, like, it just, it, it, they had that unbelievable chemistry that you just don't have with certain people, you know? Because if you base it back, because they feuded over the Intercontinental Championship. You had that chemistry there. Then you, Now it's for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. That chemistry is already there. The element is there because they even had unfinished business when it came with the Intercontinental Championship. You know, right. they, they had a, you can tell storyline-wise, they had a strong hate relationship. Yeah. You could tell that there was a real competitive rivalry uh, and there because both of them point, were on that, you know, just huge rise. Even on, like, the documentaries and stuff, behind the scenes, behind the curtain, there was a point in time where Austin and The Rock did not get along. But it was a competitiveness. You know, because both guys are trying to be at the top, be the top dog, and it's a... It, it's a fight to survive, so to speak. You know, you got this up-and-comer, The Rock, you know, and you got Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got the people's cha- you got the people's champion that turned corporate versus the blue-collar champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and, yeah, it, the, the storyline for it was amazing, and the storyline in this case. And, you know, a lot of people talk about their WrestleMania uh, matches, you know, the one at 17, the one at 15, um, and the one at 19. But, you know, for me, Jay, I don't know about you, but this one is probably my favorite Rock and Austin matchup because uh, this one was better than their WrestleMania matchup. And Stone Cold even would say that he agrees that this matchup was better because. This one, Stone Cold was more in a right mind. At WrestleMania, you know, he was going through a divorce and stuff like that. And he was so pissed off and everything like that that he showed up to WrestleMania and realized he had forgotten his Stone Cold vest at the house. So he walked out in a T-shirt and he's just like, ugh, like, like I hate the fact that that happened. But then here, you know, he's got his vest, you know, he's... It just everything that they did in, in the matchup, it worked. Like they literally were going everywhere around the arena, and it was just it was so good. Like like just everything that they did just represented them very well. It it was amazing. I loved this matchup. That one spot that even to this day gets brought up on a lot of film where the rock picks up the camera, looks yeah. down at the trailer park trash, and then looks back to the people, and then comes back to Stone Cold Steve Austin flipping him the bird and getting yeah. stunned. You get a bird's eye view of what it's like to be stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> and it, it was so good. Like, and, and I know no one planned that spot. Like, Austin was not... Austin and Rock were not those types... Well... I don't know about Rock, but you know, with him and Triple H, but I can tell you story. I can tell you stories about him and Jericho in Japan. Yeah, you know, I've read Jericho's books, uh, but anyway, yeah. it was uh, one of those that it was 
Perfect. Look at this trailer park trash. This five pounds of monkey crap. Now look at the people. Yeah. And then he comes back. He goes, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh shit. Oh, and shit. then he, he just gives him the stunner with the camera still in his hand. And it's just, oh my God. It was amazing. Like, just, uh, that, I don't care who you are. That's just good stuff right there. That is gold. Yes, it was. Gold. You know, like you said earlier, with this feud right here, you you can pretty much just print money. You can just print it. Because this feud right here, and the way the event, the matchup ended, of course, Stone Cold had the one-up, one, two, and then Shane did the whole, screw you, I'm out. And then here comes Vince with referee Earl Hebner. Yeah. Goes right by Shane. Shane turns him around. He hits him with across the head with a belt and then sends the other referee in. And then once Stone Cold wins the match, he throws the belt in the ring and walks away. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say, first off, um, you know, I even love the fact, though, that Vince, you know, kind of played it off when Hebner went in and The Rock covered Austin. Um, you know, like Vince, you know, I don't think probably, you know, he, he would have been pissed about that. He would have been like, yes, you know, like anyone but Austin. But since, you know, it was Austin in this case, um, he did. He, he walked in and he gave him the belt. And that's how, you know, you think we're going to end it. But then we, you know, pan back to the back. And uh, we see that The Undertaker has kidnapped Stephanie McMahon. And, uh, yeah, we're in for one of the most infamous segments uh, in the history of Raw and maybe in the history of any promo. I know. Um, Where to, Stephanie? (laughs) Well... That too. I mean, I, first of all, I love Taker. He he's so good. Um, but uh, yeah, um, you can tell that this is Vince Russo writing. You you can just tell that it is. But it's actually good. Like like it's it's done to perfection. Like I'm just like okay, this is. I mean, this is just some good stuff. Let's just face well, it. You the know, two Vince's together. We uh, I'll, I'll I'll admit that the two Vince's together. Um, yeah, it's got Vince's Russo's fingerprints all over it, but it's also got Vince McMahon's because keep in mind, I don't know if you've watched the DVD of McMahon back in the day when they did it, they're talking about storylines to where there was so far fetched that came out of McMahon's mind when Stephanie first got pregnant with her first child with Hunter that they're trying to come up with storylines. Well, first it was, well, Shane's the baby's daddy or, <laughs> Vince himself was the daddy of the baby. Yeah, yeah. That was talked about on his DVD. Yeah, oh my God. That, okay, it's not just Vince Russo. Vince McMahon's got a few screw looses when it comes to that kind of stuff, too. So, you know, you guys, probably both of them together. I mean, but but this was ingenious. You know, you had... Had the uh, freaking Ministry of Darkness come out and the police suddenly go, take the limo, go, 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 go. And then it takes off for a little bit and then stops and the window rolls down. Undertaker rolls back and goes, where to, Stephanie? Yeah. And she screams, yeah! 
like it was like oh my god i was like i was like and of course know, I, it gave you something to look forward to on monday night raw the next night on what so i mean at the end of it it had me wanting to try to find the episode of what took place after just to relive it because I know after this, you know, you had Vince McMahon do a compelling argument with Steve Austin to help him get his daughter back, you know, and it worked out. Steve Austin was able to, he said, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for her, you know, yeah, type, type thing. So, <laughs> but over yeah. Backlash 99. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better pay-per-view after WrestleMania. It right. lived up to everything. It was like a, not only the ending of what didn't get finished at WrestleMania 15, but the start of other things. Because this was the road that we had for um, a good little bit here in 99. You know, I mean, yeah. this, this you can tell right now that WWF was pulling away in the Monday Night Wars. Was, oh, very much so. They, they were completely starting to distance themselves. Um, they, you know, uh, like I said, a lot of things were just working for them. They were just, they were hitting it from all cylinders uh, at this point. And it didn't matter who you were. It's just that the fans wanted to see it. They had ushered in a brand new era in WWE and they were in full effect here on this pay-per-view, and it shows. Uh, but this was a really good pay-per-view. Uh, I, I agree with you. that This was a really good pay-per-view. I, I enjoyed it from front to back. Like I said, you couldn't ask for anything better. The only thing that would have been better, yeah, Xbox would have won against Triple H. That would have been awesome, and it set up a, a match series between those two. You know, over the rights of Degeneration X or whatever it was, or what have you, you know, but it didn't, you know, that's, but overall, everything else, it didn't matter who won or lost. It, it just, everything made sense. Everything just jailed. Everything you expected to see, you saw. And yeah, you can tell that, you know, WWF was on point. And it was and much the main easier. event was actually worth the shit. Right. You actually, the main event is what you anticipated. It is what you're wanting. It was, you got exactly what you wanted. Austin winds up beating the people, the corporate champ, gets his belt back, his actual property, you know, his version of the WWF championship back, you and know, and man looking like he's turning face. Yes, it was just it, it was really good, and it was it was almost the start too uh, to something else that that would that would become bigger. And I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, for another day uh, and everything like that. But uh, that was Backlash 1999. Uh, if you've never seen it, check it out. It's it's on the WWE Network, of course. WWE backlash nineteen a month, yeah, for nine ninety nine a month, um, yeah, uh, it, it, it's definitely worth it though. It was a great pay per view, and of course, the main event itself uh, is worth it. But overall, a great pay per view. Well, Jay, 
I believe that's all the time we have here uh, for the Stovall Wrestling Network. I want to thank you, uh, uh, especially, and um, I also want to thank Bill, survivor of pain, Blanchard, uh, for joining us as well. But, Jay, uh, thank you so much for joining me here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. I hope you had a blast, man. Oh, man, I had a great time going down memory lane and talking about the current stuff. You know, I'm glad we're able to mix our shows together and make something out of it. You know, yeah. This is the first time I've actually been on the Stovall Wrestling Network in full term other than being interviewed. Right. Right, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Chris couldn't make it this week. Um, Chris Dickens, of course. Uh, so, you know, I immediately called you and uh, uh, Mr. Bill Blanchard to uh, – to help me out with that. And uh, thank you guys so much for joining me here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. It, it was a blast, and this will not be the last time. I'm sure we're going to do this again real, real soon. Uh, you know, if, if, if that's cool with you. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure me, and I can probably speak on behalf of Bill, that wouldn't be an issue. We would love to be back on this show. And maybe. Yeah. Sometime down the road, we'll be able to get you on WLW. We love wrestling. Absolutely. Tell them about We Love Wrestling uh, real quick here. We Love Wrestling. It's a new show that just popped. Matter of fact, you can go on your favorite streaming uh, streaming service you got. But, hey, like we say here, Spotify is our claim to fame right now. You can look it up. WLW, our first episode launched. Matter of fact, it is called Every Man for Himself. We're talking about the Royal Rumble. We're going to be talking about past events and why we love this business we call wrestling and why we're overall wrestling fan. And matter of fact, coming up here in the next show, we're going to be talking about Spartacus and Polka Dots. So I hope you tune in. And I, like I said, we have fun with that show too. And we'll hopefully be able to enjoy bringing you in on another episode that we're going to be doing here shortly. I, I, I would love to anytime, man, uh, hit me up for it. Um, I, I would love to. Um, and, and I, like I said, I'll definitely have the two of you back on here on the Stovall wrestling, uh, network and, uh, and, and whatnot. Uh, but this has been, uh, this episode of the Stovall wrestling network. Again, I want to thank, the survivor of pain, Bill Blanchard, and Jay Garganis, a.k.a. Christian Fury, for joining me this week here on SWN. I hope all of you are staying safe, staying quarantined. And remember, we're going to get through this. It's only a matter of time. And hopefully that will happen sooner than later. But for now, my name is Caleb Stovall. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. Happy wrestling, everybody. 